What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We have our USAPL Mega Nationals recap from the men's side. So we were planning on doing men and female on uh, the same episode, but there was no way we can do it unless you're looking at a four-hour episode, and we just don't have that time to record. So we are going to get the female side on Thursday, but Solana, Steve, and I give you the reaction to a Hell of a week on the men's side. A uh, lot of great stuff. A lot of huge moments from USAPL Mega Nationals. Incredibly entertaining. We were there for it. We give you our reactions. It's a fantastic episode. Very fun to record. We do love doing these recaps. Probably like recaps more than previews. Um, so make sure you are subscribing on Spotify. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review as well. Subscribe on 2 and on YouTube. And without further ado... Here it is, two white lights. Yeah, just saying it's time to get some person. Ooh, baby, I like it more. And as promised, we are here with our last recap for a while. We're going to recap USAPL Mega Nationals. Solana, Steve, we had very busy weeks. We competed, we commentated, we coached, we did the whole thing. Solana, how are you holding up? Because you did All the right. most, technically. Like, you did the most. Com- <laughs> the lights at the end of the tunnel, so I'm good. <laughs> Steve, how about you? I think today's probably my first semi. After we get done with this, uh, I think I'm done. Like it, my, my entire craziness the last month or two is concluded. Nice. Well, so, yeah. I'm good. Seven days after is usually when things kind of come down. Like when I came down, I'm like, I'm thinking about training again. I'm thinking about getting back on program, starting to have those conversations with Joe on getting back into the gym. Um, also, like the accomplishment wears down too around this time. It usually takes about three days for like that, for the, the joy of hitting a PR and all the accomplishments to kind of wear off. And then you think about, okay, this is where I'm actually at in the sport. And we got to come up with goals for the following year. So let's get into this. Let's break down these weight classes, starting with the lightweights, 52, 59s, and 66 all compete on the same day. Um, unfortunately, or I mean 60 kilos, my mistake. Um, unfortunately, we didn't have pro cards being given out in 52 and 59, or uh, and 60, right? 52, 56, and 60, because the, the minimum dots requirement is 500. So if you don't hit 500, regardless of what you do, um, you if you place top three, you don't get a pro card. Um, the 60s, I mean, well, the fact is, Joe Beach Wrong in the 52s actually had a pretty darn good meet. I mean, a 466 dots, I mean, considering the 52 class typically isn't super competitive. I mean, he won by hitting openers, but he had a decent meet. We actually had a really close battle in the 56. Aiden Kusak and Michael Gordiano, they actually tied. Um, and Aiden won on body weight with his final pole. Uh, I believe it's his final pole, right? 
Yeah. yeah. So he pulled for the win on the final one. And then we had a bit of drama in the sixties because we thought Waskar was pretty much going to run away with it. Um, and ended up being pretty close. I mean, I don't think it was, I, there was a little bit of drama that happened on deadlift. I don't know kind of what happened there. I think Waskar went lighter and then it was, it was kind of weird, but either way, like his third pole was easy. Like, I think he probably had another 10 to 12 kilos easy. I, I, maybe he was just lowering attempts to just kind of like, uh, be conservative but it ended up being a little bit more of a battle between him and kenneth imperial um than i thought we didn't really talk too much about kenneth imperial i don't think any of us had him i think we all had waskar kurt and maybe michael mckinney and michael mckinney did not have a great meet um kenneth is the one that showed out and actually put a decent amount of pressure on waskar but waskar still he i mean after that final poll and hit that pretty easy even though he did have to pull that for the win if he missed it he would have gotten second um he still pretty handily walked away with that class in, in hindsight from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't seem like that hamstring uh, really acted up for Waskar the entire meet either. That's what I was looking for in commentary was if that hamstring and some of the, in- like some of the pains that looked like he was going through was going to affect him, but didn't seem to happen, which is a good sign. Kenneth Imperial um, with his extravagant deadlift celebration i have to throw that out he did everything imaginable to try to piss me off that meet while i was commentating kudos to you kenneth he came out to anime music he put on a show i mean he's he's such a did nice he do a backflip he did a backflip splits okay there we go double yeah uh, you would like the double uh double guns that's your signature he did the double guns little finger guns yeah, yeah. little finger crown. it was no, i talked to him in the I, I talked to him in the back room after i was like we overlooked you i was like we're gonna have to talk about you because we did not talk about you near enough and he had a fantastic meet mm-hmm. um waskar i don't think had the meet he thinks he, he's probably fully capable of like he squatted 500 in the gym i think he hit like 480 something so i don't he wasn't at full strength mm-hmm. um but uh he definitely was the favorite in this class performed super well and as we, we, we announced it already he's going to the um ipf route which mm-hmm. i can understand like that's where there's a bit more Maybe a bit more competition. We talked about it on the re- IPF recap episode. Is there going to be competition D- there? Is Domest- Sergey going to be there? Does Franklin Franklin Leone actually show up? I don't know. Yeah, domestically, um, we'll see domestically, that, but- no, right? Domestically, not really. I mean, it's kind of an if if it's just him in the sixty kilos and uh, Cooper scene, it's Waskar pretty easy. Like Kenneth Kurt would have to go the IPF route in order for that to be like yeah. something of a, an actual weight class battle. Um, internationally it would be competitive if kenneth and kurt didn't do it this year i don't i mean i'm I'm just guessing i don't know if they have real uh aspirations because this was the year to try and do it if you were because there was there wasn't really would they kind of would have had their easy ticket to worlds yeah we kind of got right we got we got a year to figure it out so who knows solana what do you think about this weight class or these weight classes yeah, so 60, like, I definitely was expecting Moscow to have a bigger squat. He hit 474. It looked tough. That's what I was wondering. Like, his does look fine. So I was like, is it the hamstring for the squat that made him? Or was it just, like, he was really tired? I don't know. But The hamstring and- was only affecting him on deadlift, from what I know. Oh, it was? Okay. Yeah. Well, like you said, though, deadlifts look really easy. So, yeah, he had to pull for the win. But he definitely had it in the bag. So, essentially an easy win for him with that last deadlift. Uh, missed the third bench, though which he took a jump to 297. So that was unfortunate. I definitely want to see him. I want to see him be pushed. So it'd be cool to see him go IPF if the other people show up, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and simple fun fact, 
I'm not going to get in the full drama because I don't know the, the validity of this by any means, but there was apparently some drama. So he literally went, I think he went 10 kilos heavier than he needed to just to like prove a point because he didn't need to lift that heavy to win. Yeah. So that was a bit interesting. That. Yeah. It's in the back of your mind. I know we're going to talk about it later with Petrie, but that was a goal of his. Yeah. I'm mad that Angelo got Aiden and Michael correct. I mean, Steve got it wrong. I'm actually, I think I'm doing good. We're not talking about predictions. I think I'm doing pretty damn good, right? You actually are. And I, that's why I'm not talking about it too much because good. I'm doing yeah. really well. I'm just not as arrogant, as pompous as Steve is when I'm right. But uh, I, 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 my non, my non-research picks are actually doing a pretty damn good job. I'm just picking people based on how much I like them and how much I want them to succeed. So that's good. Uh, it's good to know. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think if we're talking about accuracy, though, um, were any of us accurate for the next weight class? No, absolutely not. No, uh, we'll probably. I mean, but like, arguably, uh, it's been a, it, it, one of the biggest upsets we've seen recently because we were, I mean, with good reason. High on Dan Clements, um, we called the lightweight classes the Dan Clements show. He's gonna probably gonna walk away with best overall lifter in the lightweight. He could possibly challenge other people within the pro finale and the the pro series, and. We, we give credit to Morgan uh, Garcia because he's a fantastic lifter, and he showed out last year. He was one of our breakout performers. That's why I, I know we're going to try to give out rewards this year for Mega Nationals for breakout performer. Can you give the same person two breakout perform? No, I don't think you can actually do that. You can only, break out, you can only break out once, so we have to find a new award <laughs> for uh, Morgan, maybe biggest upset of Mega Nationals, and that's what happened there. Morgan has a massive subtotal really relied on it needs Dan Clements to to make a mistake he did he capitalized on it Morgan's subtotal is dangerous his bench is unbelievable you look at Morgan he doesn't really have like Jonathan Garcia is a bencher he broke the record or uh, he took the record away from Jonathan Garcia Jonathan Garcia compact dude short dude he's got the you know the the short arms to to make it seem like he's a bencher. Morgan doesn't really have that, and he benched the house. He had 400 pounds, correct? 402. 402, yep. Unbelievable. And he was able to put the pressure on Dan where Dan needed to hit his deadlifts and grip ripped out, his skin ripped on him, and the rest is history. Morgan Garcia walks away with a huge, huge win over one of the best lifters in the USAPL, and he's established himself as one of the best lifters in the USAPL with this victory. You're a national champion in an incredibly, in, in a pretty uh, stacked weight class. Because even if you look at Brian, um, Charlie Yang and Brian Light, they're no jokes. Brian Light is a fantastic lifter. Charlie Yang, massive breakout meet from him or a cu- huge comeback meet from him. And, he st- and Morgan stands supreme. That was incredible. Steve, what did you think about it? Yeah, Morgan even had more in the tank, too, in the sense of strength. He just lost grip on that final deadlift, but let's say he goes, like, 7.30-ish instead. I mean, obviously, we can't compare directly going to Worlds because no. he didn't have to travel. Also, it's not kilo, the same at all. kilo and a half heavier. I mean, did he weigh yeah, in at 66? But I, yeah, but what I'm getting to at is he's definitely in that conversation now. Oh, for like sure. we kind of talked about Dan being the best 66 or 67 and a half in the world. 
he still very well could be. I mean, it was not a good meet from Dan, from what I gathered um, from talking to Matt. I think they were dealing with maybe an, it was an adductor injury a little bit. So they were, they squat was a bit conservative. They just, they just weren't feeling a hundred percent, but I don't know if he was a hundred percent, if he still beats Morgan, because if Mo- Morgan, I think probably had, he hit seven fifteen. he probably had seven twenty two to seven twenty five, seven twenty two and a half, mm. um, which is huge. I mean, he finally seven, he, his, Total now beats, I think, Charles's longstanding uh, uh, U.S. record, at least at 66, but obviously he did it at 67 and a half. Um, but yeah, and he's progressing. I mean, this this is all, uh, all three lifts stronger over last year. So it makes it very interesting. This is a battle for, for years to come. We're not done here. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be a good one. Yeah, I'm excited for that battle. I literally woke up, like I was like, half asleep. <laughs> for like their bench press just fell asleep woke up for deadlifts and i saw that dan was not winning i was like oh my god oh my god <laughs> and like it was such an upset like dan did not have a good meet did not see that coming we all had him pick for like best lifter for men um morgan just did really well like you said steve like he had more in him mm-hmm. he really did so i was really impressed and charlie had an excellent day charlie uh, yang killed yeah him. i was gonna mention charlie yang probably is the i mean if there's a comeback lifter of the year it's him he was dominating the 59 kilos for a long time moves up had a lot of injuries goes to 67 and a half kilos absolutely shows out has a fantastic meet none of us had him top three uh Brian Lai was going through some injuries another little bit of a redemption there for Brian Lai I mean I know squat and bench he was just not the same lifter because I know there's some injuries he kept his balance on his last pull though so that was I, I think he missed it at one but he was actually able to keep it so that's actually some positive momentum but Charlie Yang not only can he throw an amazing house party but he can lift some goddamn weight too. Um, he's looking really good right now, and you got to put him in that conversation too. I mean, I think a five thirty-seven dots walking away with um, a guy who's I think on the come up as far as what he can do in this weight class, and he can he can definitely push Dan and um, Morgan. Also, you're seeing I think momentum from Charlie, like. He's had to deal with a ton of injuries, like injuries sideline him for such a long time. He's got a while to regroup and work from this total that puts him in some in a really elite category in this weight class or this weight range of 66 kilos to 67 and a half kilos. Agreed. I was also very excited about Brian Lee's last deadlift. I was like, here we go again. Here we go. And I was like, oh, my God, he held on to it. And he upped well, the weight. On the third attempt, and held on to it. Not pretty Brian. Away for Brian Lee, but you guys keep talking about him. He didn't even get Mikey. He beat him. Oh, yeah, I mean, talk about Mikey. I was coming next. Mikey. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, he, we did he, predict he, him at third, but Mike, Mikey Lee. Uh, I think it's lie. I think it's lie. I think we're pronouncing it wrong. Um, I thought it was McKay Yee. Yee, and then uh, Brian Lie. I believe it's how you do it. I think it's a Vietnamese oh. pronunciation. Um, our, our apologies, but to the nation of uh, Vietnam. But we, if you watch, I got to bring this up. Me and Carly were dying. Akai's lifts, he always has this look of concern whenever he would lift the weight on his, like, every single attempt. He had the worst poker face ever. He gave every, like, reason for the judges to look super closely at his lifts. Because after every lift, he would look up at the lights and go. And then, like, he would hit it and be like. Uh, like he would act surprised. I'm like, dude, stop doing that. Like you make your lifts seem worse when you look worried and anxious. Like, 
oh no, are the lights coming? And then he would get it and be like, oh, how did that happen? So animated and had himself a fantastic le- le- um, meet where he pulled himself into fourth. Brilliant job, but just hilarious to watch. We're going to put that on our YouTube channel, the playlist that we commentate, so you guys can see the primetime session. Just look at all of his lists and look how concerned he is at every... He looked like he was surprised with every white light that was given to him. So He looks like a small child, like, like, covering in the corner when their mommy's mad every time he did a lift. It was like, oh, God! Oh, no! He was worried about everything, and, like, all of his... I'm like, dude, that was fine. Just don't... Like, stop looking at the lights. Don't give them a reason to red light you. Word. Any ins- any more insight on that, Steve? No, I mean, because that's about as much as I know, because I wasn't, we're going to get to the next one. I didn't really get to watch much. Yeah. I watched the final polls a bit for Morgan and Dan, but I was busy elsewhere during this session versus mm-hmm. actually getting to uh, really see the over the overview of what was going on in these battles. Well, yeah, because this primetime session all took place, so the last weight class is going to be 75 kilos, but I know that when we were talking about the preview, 75 kilos was a Royal Rumble, and it lived up to the hype as far as we didn't know it was going to win until the bar hit the floor. Um, and But 66 kilos kind of matched it with the variability. We did not peg Morgan to win, so... Like, that entire primetime session was all over the place. Like, there was high drama, high energy, a lot of high-pressure lifts, and Morgan came out on top. And you could, I mean, if one again, if you look at squat and bench, you're, I'm seeing, like, this guy looks like he's poised to win. We just know Dan has a big deadlift, and you go one for three on deadlifts, that's where Morgan really comes into shine. And he's got a lot of time to work on that. He's got a lot of time to still build on that massive subtotal and get himself in that where he doesn't have to rely on someone going, you know, two for three or one for three on deadlift. I think Morgan's going to be at that range where he can start challenging and uh, help possibly put together a total that's comparable to the 75 kilos. Cause that's how good the 66 kilos were, but 75 kilos all over the place. Unbelievable session. And it was about as unpredictable as you can get. We had people coming up to the booth telling us like, did you see Pug's openers? Did you see Kevin Ramos's openers? He's looking to win based on just his openers, and he's going to out-total the person from the regular session. And Mark Frizzell, I looked at his total, and I was like, damn, this guy could win the regular session. Same thing with, with Deion Johnson. Same thing with Kevin Tran in the regular session. So the regular session was your appetizer to the main course. Um, it turned out that primetime – did have the big advantage, but do, where do you get, do you want to start with the regular session? Because that was, well, yeah, because again, I was thinking I was coaching in NOS, So I was in the thick of this. I'm watching that regular session, Mark Frizzell and Kim and, uh, not Kim, uh, Kevin. No, Kevin. I'm saying Kim because it's on open power. It's me, Kevin Tran. Um, Dion and Kevin Tran were seven for seven. And they both looked on pace to go 750. Yeah. They were just perfect on the day. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, dang. Like, one of them could win this. Because, I mean, that's crazy. But then they both missed their second and third attempts. Um, Kevin said he started cramping and kind of knew from the get-go it was going to be tough. Um, Dion, maybe he just took a little bit too big of a jump. I thought his opener moved decent, uh, and I, I was after his opener, I was like, "Holy cow!" Like I was pegging Dion to maybe win this whole thing, 
Um, and then just 633 on his second, didn't move too well, wasn't able to come back on his third. I mean, still great on their part, but that was already setting up mm-hmm. a huge storyline. And then the crazy part is like, most of us were sitting there watching Kevin Dion of who, who might put up a total that could get top three or win. And then they don't even get first place in the first session. Ends up being Mark Frizzell, who kind of comes from behind on them, hits all three deadlifts. And then he pulls into, I believe, a 730 kilo total, um, which eventually had him in six. Which that right there, again, that we said there could possibly be eight people that could win this. And that is very true. They were legit. I mean, Kevin finished eight. There was actually nine people who could win this because obviously Charles, Charles didn't have the meet. Um he was. We were thinking he might have, but well, he got ninth. Well, so. I are think, we that surprised? Well, yeah, we were thinking. Well, based it on after, the based on the preview yeah. show, was before information of partying in Barcelona for a week <laughs> and not lifting. Yeah, the the late takes on USAPL the, that episode. I think we kind of predicted that Carl's might not be in the you know the clear favorite as some of some people had him pegged out to be. Uh, yeah, that regular session was interesting. We had uh, I had the honor of commentating that as well. Um, but at the same time, like called it, called it, Kevin Tran, the deadlift always hurts him. Stop deadlifting with straps. Stop deadlifting with straps. Stop it. Just stop doing it. The, here's why it's his deadlift. That's a problem. It's not his grip. His deadlift is the problem. He scoops his deadlift because he has incredible leverages for squat and bench. He does not have those same leverages for deadlift. The reason why he could pull 750 with figure eight straps because he gets into like an inch and a half to two inch better start position, and that fucks up his deadlift. I understand it for rep work. Stop pulling his deadlifts on with with straps. It has happened. I've seen it in his training, and it fucks up his deadlift. He he does it. It's not the grip. It's his deadlift. It's his technique, in my opinion. Like he's got to change that up. So many people get caught up on oh, if my grip would hold up. It's not your grip. It's how you deadlift. People said that about me in 2019. If your grip would have just held up, we didn't do any grip exercises. We got better at deadlifting, and my deadlift improved. That's what needs to happen to Kevin Tran because he has the capability to win this weight class. He talked himself up to win this weight class based on some of his gym lifts. His grip always fails him in competition. So he's got to work on the deadlift, or his, his deadlift fails him in competition, not his grip. So he's got to work on that aspect of it, and he would be in this. He would be in the top three, easy. So yeah, I, I mean, I I agree. When we get to the prime time part, I'm I would say that the three strongest people did not get top three. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Solana, any thoughts? That's where it comes down to attempt selection and how you execute versus pure strength. Yeah, I think the top. I think I think. Uh, Pug, Jacob Ramos, and Kevin Tran were the three strongest people on the day. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. Any- like, it comes down to can you put the right attempts in the bar, but also can you actually complete it in competition? And especially with Kevin, like, I noticed that too because he was, you know, whining about not being primetime. So I was like scooping through his little Instagram. I'm like, um, these deadlifts are, hmm. He was, he had a 710 total. Like, I don't understand why you would think you'd be in primetime. Like, that just doesn't register you. It's. It, <laughs> At a prime time, like Pug showed out where he deserved to be in prime time at least. Because I yes. didn't think Pug deserved to be in prime time either because it was a qualifying total he put in 2019. So I didn't think like like that. I'm like 710 does not get you into prime time. Um, I was really happy to see Joe Bornstein <laughs> get into prime time. But really quick, I want to talk about Mark Frizzell just having a fantastic meet. 
he didn't really have to grind his I thought he was gonna grind all of his deadlifts for days and he moved 300 kilos like it was nothing and then he for my under I, I don't have open powerlifting in front of me he moved 77 677 and that one I mean it's not wasn't easy by any stretch of imagination but I'm like this guy's just gonna grind a deadlift and not drop it I'm like damn he actually got a lot out of his deadlift taper there, and I was really impressed to see it. Not surprising, but, you know, when you see that grinder in the gym, and then he goes up to 677, I'm like, all right. Good on you, Mark. Because uh, he, he, I mean, he we didn't talk about him a lot either. He didn't. He put on two and a half kilos on his squat from the Arnold. He put on 10 kilos on his bench, and he put on seven and a half on his deadlift. That's pretty incredible mm -hmm. for a – 75 kilo lifter to do in a matter of three months. Yeah, I agree. So, nine, for nine for nine on both meets. So, yeah. yep. And on Deion Johnson, too, with his deadlift, I think he was talking about the water cut having the effect on him there. He felt like his legs were just not under him, and he just was kind of drained at that point. So, um, he's another subtotal kind of guy, and he was having himself one hell of a meet prior to that. Um, and I think he missed his first squad on depth. I could be wrong on that but was able to come back and nail his second uh, other two squats. So great meet from there, but then... No, he got his... Nope. He, he, got, got, his all. First? he got all his squats. Okay, I think no, he, got he was perfect. He, he was got... perfect until that second deadlift. I think he got red-lighted then. And then it went downhill. Yeah, I think he got red-lighted then. Um, because sometimes with yeah, his squats, squats... were... I think he was two to one on all of them because his squats were right on yeah. the border. Okay, that's yes. what it was. Okay, it was two to one on all squats, which, um, yep. of course, we're okay with that. We love ad reads. Um, all right, so... If that wasn't crazy enough, because I had a hell of a time commentating the regular session. We had the primetime session. So, Steve, you said the three best lifters or the three strongest lifters on the day didn't get top three. What do you mean by that? So, uh, Kent, or Kevin, obviously we talked about his deadlifts. If he hits his deadlifts, he probably goes 740 plus. I think if he would have hit that, it was like 742 or 745. Um, and then the bigger ones was Pug and Jacob Ramos. When we get to the warrant room, we're, things come up, like uh, Anas, Eric, Joe in particular, um, Joe Bornstein, they're all around like a 685 to 690 forecasted total, about right where we expect. And then we got Pug at 720 and we got Jacob at 715. Immediately when I saw that, I'm not going to, I mean, I, I was talking to Hanny, Eric's coach as well, and we're like, yep, those are a bit high. Which we actually found out, Pug actually put in a fake deadlift opener, which didn't surprise me at all. I did not. I, I was figuring he was going to lower that, and he did, because uh, he put in 300 kilos as opener, and he did that as a, as a tactic to be able to scare the opponents. Which maybe he did that to Jacob, but I think the people who are experienced just kind of sat there and just waited for it. Yeah, um, you can't. But yeah, it's the, a mind the, game. The issue that's was not is Eric, Joe, and Nas just kept hitting lifts, and Pug and Jacob just kept missing lifts. Um, and we'll get to the very end. I really think Pug should have won, and then that's going to really come down to his hip selection. Jacob, though, just simply opened up too heavy. Um, we said he has an issue on squat depth. That was an issue. Said he had an issue holding on the deadlifts. That was an issue. Um, all the things that we talked about just didn't come out to be. The dude's yep. crazy strong. Um, I'd probably be a little nicer if he didn't talk a ton of trash and then stayed on his stories that he was in first all day. I just oh want to let God. Jacob know. He was never in first. Like, just because you put in high openers does not mean you were ever in first. I'm doing it that. It does not matter until deadlifts happen. I'm doing that at my next meet. I'm just going to put all my openers higher than Russ's and then say I was in, I was forecasted to win this meet and I couldn't 
couldn't pull it out. I let people down. Yeah, you anyone could do that. Anyone could put in a high opener and say that they're in first or forecast at first. That doesn't mean you're in first. That's what uh, same thing. People are coming up to the booth and saying Pug's actually in first place right now. I'm like, no, he very well no. isn't. He's not opening at 300 <laughs> kilos. I don't know. For occasionally with him because. I don't know. I think like maybe he will open up at 300 kilos. Some of his attempt selections that day was like maybe he will open up at that. There was some weirder things that went on with him. But yeah, Jake, I mean, if you look at Jacob Ramos, the dude's fucking compact. You can tell the subtotal there um, is is there. I did not see. I never. I think it was the first time I've really seen him in person. Um, the dude's jacked. The dude's huge. You can tell that a big squat and bench is capable with him. He just has to clean up his lifts. He doesn't get get coaching. He doesn't have coach. He's not coached by anyone. Do it. Get yeah. coaching. I mean, I I literally pegged. I was talking to. I didn't actually. Never, he might have heard this. I didn't realize he was in front of me. I think I was talking to Michael C. I said the person I was most worried about was Jacob Ramos because he's either either going seven thirty or he's going seven sixty. And guess what he did? Seven thirty two. Yeah. He can go seven sixty and could have blown everyone out of the water. I I, I think he was the strongest person there. He, there just needs he, some work on execution. Also, he's, he's fantastic. He he is great. I mean, but we're getting some critiques here that, like, he just hasn't been able to put it together when it matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then hey. – oh, Solana, Solana. No, I was going to say, like, for Pug real quick, did he really think the high opener for deadlift would work? Like, as if it's not, like, prime time and people are, like, not paying attention? I'm sorry. Everything he does pisses me off at this point. Okay. <laughs> Everything he does bothers me. And, you know, I, I'm cordial with him in person, and we do get along when we talk. When I see him compete, it bothers me because he's checking the weight if it's light enough. or like, oh, man, is that the weight on the bar? Man, it's too easy. I'm like, dude, it didn't look that easy. I'm like, I don't think <laughs> that second attempt was, eh, it moved. But, I'm like, I could tell if you held it there a little bit longer, those knees are going to start coming unlocked. And then his squat, too, I'm like, your second attempt – was high and like yeah. soft knees were getting called actually the entire weekend. We'll actually talk about the junior prime time. Cause we actually forgot about that. We got to get the junior prime time possibly at the end here. Um, but uh, they were getting called the entire time with the knees. And like, I agreed with the call. Then he tagged me into white lights and saying it was horseshit. I'm like, dude, don't no, no, you, no. You you moved as much as second is, is uh reattempt much better than that. But I'm like, it was just, it was execution. You didn't execute your second squat and it hurt you. You have to execute your lifts going into it. So yeah. And then when we get to deadlifts, we're, we're definitely going to talk about some of his attempt selections, but um, Sana, do you have any other thoughts before I kind of want to talk about Eric LaPointe and Joe Bornstein too? the two, the top two people. No, we can go into them. I want to go into the deadlifts. <laughs> okay. Well, Joe Bornstein, um, I think it was weird because we were super high on him at Collegiate Nationals and T-Nationals, and then we kind of, like, didn't really put him into the top three because of the short turnaround, um, the potential weight cut he had to take, him getting COVID. The dude really showed out, and I guess I'm surprised with all the adversity. If none of that happened, I think I would put him in my top three because he had a bad meet at T-Nationals and would have still, I think, been close to podiuming, right? What did he total at TNS? Yes. Well, no, he only, he, well, he only totaled two and a half kilos more at this meet. Yeah. So he would have like, so he would have been forecasted just a lot of adversity and he killed it. He hit his lifts. He was able to execute on meet day. He was able to get that last deadlift. Um, me and Carly might've been a little mean to his handlers. 
particularly Carly, and that I'm going to throw you under the hilarious. bus here. What we 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 miss. We misinterpreted some things um, on the deadlift. You guys want to go back to the live stream and find out. I will apologize because if you give me Sidor and Nabil, I have to take – it's like insult city. It's coming. Like, get ready for it. But we were wrong on that. Um, I don't think Nabil really did anything. I think it was more Sidor. Was, Nabil was just in the frame always. Sidor was probably calling the attempts, and Beal's like, oh, a powerlifting meet? I have to get behind the cameras. We got to have me seen because not like his lifts got him there. But, like, I think Sidor is actually calling the attempts out, and we were wrong on that. Sidor actually did a really good job handling him. Um, probably and went in. in. And getting into a position to win. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. Like, so, I was like, sorry. oh, my God, stop. stop. Sorry, <laughs> so, sorry, Carly, um, because I was just laughing so hard at that point. But Joe had himself a fantastic meet. Sky's the limit for that kid. Um, I think he's got one more year in 75s, which I think he can't. He will be the front runner, I think, to challenge Perk because, let's face it, the winners of this weight class still have Perk to go into. But, you know, this year it made everything more interesting that Atwood and Perk weren't there. But then you have Eric LaPointe. Eric LaPointe was my pick to win. Another win for me. Eric LaPointe was my pick to win because I knew he would put himself in a position to pull. And that's exactly what happened. He put himself in a position to pull. And his bench looked great. Um, I really liked how his bench moved and put himself in a fantastic position to see the other lifters miss and then go based on that. That's why I like Eric. And then Anas was able to do... What Anas does, hit lifts, put himself in good position, be mature about things, have a good person in his corner, Steve Denobi, and that's where you get the top three. You get the people who executed the most and had the best game plan and stayed within the pocket, stayed within themselves, getting into the top three. And yeah, actual ex explaining third deadlifts tells a lot and kind of wrapping this up from my perspective, because obviously I was coaching Anas. Anas had the first deadlift out of anyone. So what we literally did was we put on the bar what we what actually pulled him into the lead by two and a half kilos over Eric LaPointe. Um, or actually tied, or tied Eric, because Eric was at 740, but we had him on body weight. But the thinking here, and this is where we're going to get into attempt selection for other people that was I didn't think was the best, is Jacob missed his second attempt. Didn't think he was probably going to get his third. So we feel like if we just make sure we at least tie Eric on body weight, Jacob can't pull over that. Then Pug had in 315. I thought he was going to change that to make sure because the other thing I'm looking at is Joe Borenstein had to put on 700 pounds. That's not an easy lift for him. That no. forced him to execute. He did that in a hard lift, but did it. Awesome. Kudos to him. Forced his hand to tie Anas on body weight, or no, to tie Anas on total and win on body weight. And then that forced Eric to have to go up two and a half kilos. While I think Eric might've had even more, like we talked about, Eric has missed on balance before. He actually almost did on that lift. Um, he actually had his knees lock a little bit early. And what I'm getting to here is Pug said in his post, he thought Eric could go significantly higher, which could be true. But you also have to make people hit lifts. You got to force Joe to have to go 700. You got to force Eric to execute when he's had issues with balance. But Pug went 315 when he only needed uh, 
I believe 302.5. Yeah, 302. Point, no, 305. 305. 305 would have hit, made him go 742 and a half, and that would have forced Eric to go another two and a half kilos. But instead, Pug, instead of going 305, went 315, and that, that wasn't there. Again, I, I think Pug should have won. If I think he likely was the strongest lifter on the day. I don't know if he had 305 based on his last attempt. I just didn't know if he had it. Um, he explained it in his Instagram, right? Like that long Instagram post, because a lot of people were coming up to me, like telling like me that Joe put in these attempts. I'm like, I think Joe knows basic math. And that's really yeah, from what I, what it sounded like. Pug said that he felt like that was what he needed to do to beat Eric because he thought Eric had that much, which maybe Eric did. He would attempt it. One of those probably. things you just kind of have to force people to execute. And if they do awesome. But the fact is Eric could have missed that. He did not but he could have, he was, I, if you, that was the, not a for sure lift. If you hear commentary, you kind of hear me like pausing there because I thought I did see up and down. Um, I mean, if you look at it again, I wouldn't have red lighted it based on what I've seen, but it was close. It was one of those things where he's getting up there and then it slows down at the top. And that's all he had for the day. Cause sometimes like Eric Lapointe's perfect deadlift makes it seem like he could pull 750. And I think at a point he can because his deadlift is so good, but he did not have 750 on that day. What he had was exactly what he loaded on the bar. So that was, I and he's rewarded for it. He, he's rewarded for being the wiser, mature, smarter lifter on the day. Well-deserved, too. It's great to see him get that first place. No, you're right, though. Like, that's, like, really simple stuff right there. Like, like, you can't go based off emotion for your attempts. Oh, I feel like I can do this, and I feel like I need it. Like, just do what you need, and then, like, Steve said, like, force them to execute. If they hit it, great for them. But don't go up 10 extra kilos we don't need to, hoping you get it. Because then all you do is bump yourself down a fourth place and no chance. But, well, you know, well, like Especially said, when you have that many people still pulling for the win. Yeah. It wasn't like you were just battling one person. If it was just you versus Eric, that's one thing. But when there was legitimately five people pulling for the win, you got to force them all to execute. Like, I mean, that that's just kind of how I looked at it. Yeah, absolutely. You get a little bit of everything there with top one or top uh, three, right? You have Eric Lapointe, you know, a veteran lifter, super young lifter in Joe Bornstein, and then Anas, who finally like, he gets uh, gets recognition for how good he is at the sport because he's such an underrated lifter. He's been at it for a very long time and able to get his pro card in there too. So excellent to see. I think he was oh Joe Bornstein too. So two pro cards were awarded here, right? No, all three, Eric, Joe, and Anas. Eric had his. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, That's his, his I mean, is renewed, yeah. though, because it's now renewed for three more years. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Oh. Eh, whatever. That's... Yeah, if you, if, you, if you place top three or you are since qualified to get a pro card, but you already have one, that extends your renewal. Uh, okay. Okay, cool. All right. That's pretty rad. All right. Anything so. else to add here with this, uh, this insane division? I'm trying to come. And also, again, Joe Bornstein. Aren't you happy? We told you to do nationals. I bet it was worth it. I bet you had fun. I bet you enjoy second place. Much better than the winning team nationals. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I went and told him after the meet I regret doing this because Nas <laughs> would have gotten second. <laughs> Talk about your all-time well, backfires. 
We also kind of remember went back to Charles, who oh, I, yeah. some of us had him pegged oh, for like top three. I had him pegged for first, so here we are. Yeah, we got ninth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it yeah. wasn't like a it wasn't like a crazy meet though. It just seemed like the lists weren't there because he didn't seem to be fully prepped for this meet. Yeah. Well, he's going to Marcellus now, so that's cool. Let's see what happens next time. But yeah, maybe um, partying it up in whatever, whatever. I don't know where he was. Barcelona. Maybe that took Possibly also Vegas, too, on top of that. It was possibly <laughs> Barcelona and Vegas. So, yeah. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it, but looking at his meat, it's like squats look to depth. They look good. It looks like he's come from this weight class. You could tell he took a week off of training. That's yeah, not basically. Not, not a whole lot of analysis aside from that part, though. Um, just it's hard to do. It's hard. It's hard to compete at a high level and then take a week off training. Like Charles is human, after all. Sometimes, if you look at his physique and like what he's able to do in the gym, he doesn't <laughs> seem human. The dude's human. So uh, decision making. I mean, I'm not even gonna call it poor decision making. Didn't regret his decision at all to to do that. So. Is it good? It's good decision making if you have no regrets about your decisions, in my opinion. So, all right. There you go. Before we talk about 82 and a halves, we got to talk about something possibly as good as that session and as Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leflarbros.com and get yourself some Leflar Bros merchandise. The best merchandise in powerlifting also had a fantastic week as far as athletes go. Lots of medals, lots of jewelries, and we have some discount codes to give you. We have Two White Lights 15, we have Solana 15, and we have Orc 15. If you guys remember those hashtags, if you want to use all three of them and use those hashtags, repost on your story that you purchased something from Leflar Bros, you can still do it. Get all the merchandise you can. You can't go wrong. I'm wearing the Two White Lights dad hat. Two White Lights merchandise is on Leflar Bros. They got great tees, tank tops, joggers, socks. They make you look good from head to toe. That's what Leflar Bros does. They're also sponsoring meets, getting involved in more in powerlifting, sponsoring athletes. The Leflar Bros family is growing. Go to leflarbros.com. Use that promo code to WL15, Solana15, Orc15. Remember, three separate purchases, three separate codes. You got to do it. I had someone use Orc15 on my PR shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's good advertising or bad advertising if you don't offer that discount code. Well, he, he got a free shirt. That oh. won't happen again, though. Okay, it's I owed him. I owed him a free shirt, yeah. actually, because he didn't get. He didn't. Uh, he's the one that got actually from my initial thing that I was going to give him a free shirt for using Orc Fifteen, but he said he'd rather. I, I gave him a PR shirt instead. So you the Harrison for that? No, no. Oh, okay. Harrison gets a free technique review. No, Matt. Matt. Okay. Some, I can't say his last name. No. Okay. Okay. Chudminsky, Chudminsky, or something. Oh, okay. Yes. I know what you're talking about. All right. He got, a, well, he, got a, he gets a free PR shirt. I guess that's technically bad. I guess that's technically bad advertising because you lost money in that, but good marketing because you get your logo out there. Well, no, I helped Leflar Bros because he bought a Leflar Bros shirt. Oh, okay. All right. Then we're back onto it. Good advertising. All right. Eighty two and a halves. Um, so this is probably going to get the most listens, but it happened again. Russ won. Russ is your yep. five-time national champion. Uh, Solana was I right about win. that. Yeah, I was wrong <laughs> about that. Uh, Russ made sure to let me know on the platform. Um, also, I was disappointed to find out he didn't smoke the cigar that I got him. Mm. 
Not, not last time I'm giving you a fucking gift, but uh, so it happened. He won quite easily. Um, I believe by what? Seventeen kilos. Nineteen kilos. Nineteen kilos. Eighteen and a half. Eighteen and a half. Eighteen and a half kilos. So eighteen and a half kilos. But this one, we got to see a, a good show still, and I have to give kudos to Sean. My pick. It was a gritty performance by him. He still went in there. He fought and was able to get himself an 819 total. Never got that on a big stage. Never got an above 800 total on a big stage. His 800 totals were at Texas Strength Classic, which was a good meet, a traveled meet, national judges, but still not a big meet like the Arnold or Nationals. And he got the other 800 meets at local meets. To me, this is a good meet from Sean. Of course, execution wasn't there. Steve, you're probably going to talk about that. As soon if you, if you put a camera on me for his 825 squat and when he missed it, you could see me possibly get more pissed off at Sean than Sean was pissed off at himself. Because at that moment, I'm like, I think the competition's done. I know, yep. Steve, you're going to talk about probably the bench like that could still keep him in the competition. I needed him to hit that 820 or 8 or 285 to go 290 or 292. That's what I wanted to see. And once he missed it, I'm like, it's over. And he fought with it for a long time. And that affects you going into other lifts, how long you fight for it. So I thought at that moment, the competition was done. He had some execution problems on bench, which happens a lot with Noriega. Um, it did yield, though, an incredible pull session that talked uh, really jostled placing between two, three, and four. But the main battle was Nori for Sean, and Sean reigned supreme, supreme again. Or uh, Russ reigned supreme hey, again. Russ. I apologize. Yep. Russ reigned supreme again. We're still probably going to talk about it. Too fucking bad if you guys are tired about us beating a dead horse. People still want to hear it. I'm getting Q&As still about Russ and Sean, so we're going to talk about it. But, yeah, I think the battle there... It was good to see a come. It's good to see Sean get into deadlifts where it actually was somewhat meaningful deadlifts. But Russ is Russ, man. Eight thirty eight total, in spite of him being snapped up going into the meet, having some struggles with his training, he still totaled what he was able to total. I think at IPF Worlds and still go yep. above that world record that is, or that eight thirty three world record that he set in twenty nineteen. Like, not not enough compliments yep. to give the guy. Yeah, simple enough with Russ. I mean, whether he's at the top of his game or not strength-wise, which I don't think he wasn't for this meet, because he didn't have the training. It doesn't matter. He he hits his lifts. He executes. Like, that's one of the reasons Sean versus Russ is so polarizing, because you literally have polar opposites. You have someone who's just kind of brute strong, conventional deadlifts, doesn't really have a crazy arch on bench press, and then you can call it squats normal if you want to call it that. And then you have Sean, who's the wide stance squatter, the crazy arch bencher, and the sumo puller. It's just the polar opposites. And, and Russ executes. He just hits his lifts, which everyone knew he likely would do. Um, and so, yeah, if, if you can't execute as well, Russ, Russ, you know Russ is going to. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not surprised, right? Russell comes in, hits everything. He can do that every single time, it seems like. Um, and then Sean... I hope the day comes where he can execute all of his lifts, misses two benches, misses the second squat. And like you said, once I saw a second squat miss, I was like, all right, like Russell's going to execute. So you're already down a lot right there. 
Um, and then we can talk about second place, though. We can talk about we can talk about uh, a, someone pulling. We can talk for about it shortly. Second, we, can talk, we can talk about short because we have to talk about all the deadlifts. But I, when you miss that second squat too with Russ, that means he could put in a lower third as well. So that's where the big thing comes in. It's not so much like it takes that much off his total. Russ can conserve energy from that moment. That's why for me, it's so important for Sean to hit those lifts. Like if he just like if he goes three for three on it, like then I'm a little bit more comfortable. Um, and I, I was really, I was really confident in his squat coming into this meet. That's why I was looking at 285 really closely. He blew up 270, 285 did not move the same. He was talking about bar whip. We saw a little bit wider of a stance from him, or at least you did, Steve. Um, for I mean, for me, bar whip makes sense. I just that that walkout he takes is so erratic that actually, you know what I think is Ash is also complaining about the bar whip. I don't think it's a bar whip. I think it's the collars. When you shake that much in your squat, if you shake just a little bit, the row collars actually come a little bit loose and it shakes the entire bar. Um, so that's why a guy like me who slowly controls his squat doesn't get the same effect as someone like Sean. Ashton Rusko was shaky as fuck coming out of his squat. I mean, uh, we'll talk about that later. So it rattles the collars a little bit, and I think that's where you're getting some of the balance issues. Thoughts? Anyone? <laughs> Thoughts on I'll give the like I'll, I'll give the I'll give I'll give you the quick quick summary. I'm not going to go ahead and deep. Sean already put it on his story, so if you didn't see it, simply put, his second attempt, uh, for some reason, he went like six inches wider. If you see it from the front, his left leg just completely buckled in from that. Um, don't know why. Just kind of uh, didn't get the same walkout, and then by his third, he was just kind of shot. And then on bench, um, one, it's just a bench. That's that's what happens when you have that crazy arch and you only touch your left side rib cage. So uh, we already talked about uh, that's something we're going to try. The bigger thing is like he, if you, if people don't know, he only touches the left pointy part of his rib cage. Yeah. The fact is, and this isn't anything against judges. I mean, if you're judging a thousand people throughout the week and every single person touches in the center and then one person touches off to the left, it's a bit weird. It's mm -hmm. a bit hard to judge that. And it's also a bit hard to get that to be a stable pause. And so he gets some longer press commands, which I don't think I'm, we're not even, I don't, it's valid. Like it's going to happen. Um, so yeah, bench was just up as well as for some reason um, he wasn't putting his butt down. I don't know why it's literally never been an issue in any meet ever, uh, which is why the left side judge wasn't giving a start command. He was seemingly putting his right butt cheek down, but not his left. So the left side judge was not giving a start command. Um, and so he was having to hold it longer, which is, that's that's just execution. So, um, yeah. Yep. And then deadlifts is when things got really interesting because in spite of a bad Sean Noriega performance, there was me and Deuce Gruden who were able to find ourselves in position to potentially get second. And I don't know what happened. So I'm going to have Steve kind of take the realms here because I was kind of just sitting there pissed off that I missed my third bench press. Um, what, what exactly happened? Like, Matt Gary right. also put on a so, story too, which is awesome. Allison Gruden was definitely, definitely in the lead in the sense of forecasted total. He had about, I think, nine kilos on Sean. Um, and then at least based off of Angelo, because Angelo, obviously, you take bigger jumps come deadlift than you do any lift, like pretty significant jumps. Um, going into thirds, John put on 315. I mean, I think when, when I saw that personally, I thought that might be a little tough. Um, not because 305 didn't move well, but because we've seen before John tends to have issues 
use at like his maximal deadlift with kind of that soft knees and kind of ramping. So he had the pull before Sean or uh, you. I think Sean, we had put in a placeholder of 340 because we were literally just waiting because actually 340 would have pulled if John hit 315 and Russ or Sean pulled 340, Sean would have beat him, but we weren't actually going to do that. That was just a placeholder. Um, we weren't going to risk doing that. Um, but then John hits his lift and he gets two white lights. As soon as that happens, um, I didn't know this, but Matt Hold or Joe Sanic, your coach, sends Matt Holden to go protest. I forgot to have my wallet on me. I went and ran and got my wallet because if people don't know, if you protest someone else's lift, it costs $100. If you get the protest wrong, you do not get the money back. If you get the protest right, you get the money back. So I run out there too. And they and by the time I got there, Matt was already protesting it. Um, Angelo and me joked because apparently I was getting blamed. My wife actually said people were like, like talking crap in the crowd about how like uh, Bush League it was that I was running out there to protest. I, oh. Yeah, I was going to protest. 100% I, I was going to, but I wasn't the one that even protested it. Uh, game day barbell and Joe Stanek and Matt Holden did. <laughs> I would have 100% for sure protested it. Yeah. Just like if the Super Bowl's on the line and you think a call is wrong, you're throwing a red flag. You're not going to sit there and be like, ah, oh, I like that person so much. I'm just going to well, let them have that call. Well, that this, I don't is, think was good. this is the thing. Stop fucking watching anime, powerlifting wins. Watch sports for once in your life. Then it would make sense to you, but you're too busy watching Dragon Ball Z. You don't understand how sports work. Yeah, this is what competitors do. We try to win. Sorry, we can't have a showdown and fucking whatever. I can't even make an anime reference right now. Sorry. That's how fucking lame it is. Continue, Steve. So, originally, John hits that. So, because of that, Sean, we take him down to 332.5. Because the goal at this point is just get Sean on the podium in some way. He, he, for him, he doesn't care unless he wins. I care to make sure to salvage the day that like we're not just like completely throwing this meat away. Um, so we put 332.5 because that would have forced Angelo to have to go 359. Um, once John gets overturned, though, this is, this is where it's crazy because John did not get overturned until Sean, they're actually starting to load the bar for Sean. And so as they're starting to load the bar, John gets overturned. We change it to 3.30 because it, just a little less risk. I think Sean likely had 3.32 to 3.35. I, honestly, I don't think he was super into that final poll um, because at that point it wasn't the same meaning for him. I think maybe he had 3.32 to 3.35, but 3.30 – would have at least pushed Angelo to have to go up from what you had at 355.5. Now, before I even get going, Angelo, what did you actually plan with Joe as your top end on the day? Like what was actually your thinking of like, what is my max? So we had a conversation and he said, we got to talk about this. If there's a position that you need to pull for the win, possibly to beat Russ or to get into placing, what is your range? And I'm like, my range typically in the gym is what I hit on the platform maybe a little bit more, but when it comes to pull, we know we have the final pull to kind of dictate that. I said 350 to 355 is my range where I'm relatively comfortable to hit. Now, I never came close hitting anything over 771. I've actually missed 771 in competition twice before. So the confidence above 350 is not that high because I'm not confident in lifts I've never hit before. So... It was 350 to 357 or 355 when Joe came to me and said, all right, we're going to pull into second. First thought of my mind, I'm like, fuck, 
rusted that good, huh? I'm like, because I think he would have probably put 365 on the bar if it meant me getting first. He would have just said, send it. And I told him before the meet, I'm like, I'm not, I, if I get third, it's not that big of an accomplishment. I rather, like, if I get fourth or fifth, I wouldn't care if we're pulling into third. I'd rather pull into second or first because I never got second or first. So I'm like, whatever we need to put on there, do it. So then he said pulling for second. I'm like, fuck, okay. I'm like, I guess, guess Russ is that good still, huh? And he was like, it's 357. And I'm like, okay, I guess it's a little bit above my range, but I didn't care at that point. I'm like, fucking do it. Fucking send it. Like, now, let's go. Do you, do you even know at this point that that wasn't what you needed? Yeah. Yes. I Now they told me that <laughs> about a day later. Okay. Like I didn't, I didn't know or care at that point. Um, I think, I think Tina Tornado told me she's like, "Oh, it was the last pull the icing on the cake?" I'm like, "Yeah, no, maybe, kind of." That's like, literally what I thought. Oh, I, didn't. I was like, "Here, rubbing it in his face." Ah, okay. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get it. So I was like, "Uh, no, I didn't need that." Yeah, apparently it was, it was half kilo more than I needed, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't well, know that. Going, he told me. So going back to the process, though. he told me well, three fifty seven. You didn't say 357 and a half. I didn't know the half was even on the bar. No, there was no half. You did 357. You only needed 556.5, though. Oh. Oh, see, now I still I still don't even understand the full story. Okay. So, but either way, Sean dropped, we dropped Sean to 330 because it was going to put, again, make Angelo execute. I actually thought 355.5, or 356.5 was doable, but I was like, I don't want to risk Sean missing and drop out of top three um, to force Angelo even more. Because maybe if we go 332 and Sean hits it, Angelo's got to go 359. Maybe that stretches you a bit more. But honestly, based on how 357 moved, I think you probably had 359 as well, and it didn't matter. Like, I honestly think you had that. So it really didn't matter either way. Either way, Sean goes to 330. He hits it. That jumps Gruden by one and a half kilos. Because that's all we needed to jump Gruden. Because Sean had a chip. Gruden didn't. So we only had to beat it. We, we didn't have to go as high up. We only needed to beat him by a kilo and a half at 819. That's when then Angelo puts in 357. Angelo goes out. Pulls it. Two white lights. Great ad read. <laughs> and then sprints out, out, rips his shirt, does all crazy stuff out on the platform, rips his shirt off, runs to the back room, tries to jump the barricade. His foot gets caught. It didn't get does caught. Does a front flip it over it, caught. hits his face into it, jumps back up, keeps running and screaming all the way to the other end, and acts like it never even happened. My foot didn't get all caught. While, I cleared it. I, I want to. I was about to say, I saw I you clear it. it. I don't know how to land on my feet. I've never done it before. I've never jumped a barricade and land on my feet. Or even jumped a barricade, but I definitely cleared it. I just don't know how to athlete. Yeah. So you but, tried yeah. to do a fake front flip then? No, I tried to land on my feet, and I didn't know my top half was too that heavy. Your head was. Yeah. Your feet. <laughs> yes. My top half was too heavy, and then maybe, maybe there was a mind. There was a part of my mind was like instant regret. This is not a good idea. <laughs> You're not in a good position to jump right now, um, and. You know, maybe you should have stopped milking the celebration so much because at the end of the day, it's only for second. But two, I think you're going to get to what <laughs> was happening on the platform, which I was totally unaware of. Was that Matt Gary was going out to challenge or to protest? Uh, they actually, so actually, people looked at me and like, are you going to go protest? And I actually wasn't going to um, for the reason that I didn't think there was a red light. I was, 
not that well one i don't think sean cared too much about pulling in the second like if, if sean got second or third he didn't really care too much second i didn't think that there was any issue with the lift so i didn't see a reason to protest and give a hundred dollars if there was any reason i would have maybe done it um but i didn't see any reason matt did go protest it um for people who and matt actually posted on his, his instagram about it for people again that don't know about protesting all three jury members have to unanimously overturn it it can't just be two it can't just be one all three have to unanimously say it needs to be overturned um matt i didn't know the full story but matt went and did it obviously apparently one member said that they would overturn it for soft hips i believe is what they were calling it which again i i didn't see that um and then two said, no, it's a good lift. So therefore wasn't overturned. Placing set, Russ is first, Angela's second, John's third, John Gruden's fourth. And then we'll talk about a second, Gerald Scott fifth. Yeah. That, um, one, needs, that one is going to definitely need to be talked about. Yeah, because uh, we talked about the regular session and, you know, David Chan, Kyle DeLeon, who had himself a fantastic meet. Kyle did great. Um, Gage Carrion did not have a good meet. Uh, Alexander Lucko, um, you know, uh, I not a good meet in his books, but... Yeah, if he would have won that challenge and I <laughs> I had to go back out there and like apologize to the fans being like sorry, like I, I made you guys cheer. Like but literally I made them cheer and it was uh two red light lift. That would have been very embarrassing, especially with all the celebrating I did. So thank God it didn't get overturned. That would have been so much regret there and so much like of a down in emotion. But yeah, uh <laughs> Yeah, it was it was funny because I was like I was so like okay with it at the moment too because I'm like I have no fucking idea if I could pull seven eighty seven I just I just accepted my fate I'm like fourth or, or or fifth or second like I don't care it's fine like you're uh, you like I was so focused in on the moment there but yeah Gerald Scott I didn't see any of his lifting obviously seven ninety five total he's a contender. He's going to be up there for sure in the conversation um, when next year's nationals rolls around. And I think that's. I think, so he's only competed three times, one in January of last year. Then he competed in December last year. And then Ron nationals every single time he's added 40 to 50 kilos to his total. Oh shit. Of Is this the guy who like fell backwards during his first attempt squat? Maybe I, he, maybe I didn't, I didn't get to watch. I wasn't watching it because I okay. was doing other stuff. I think maybe because, yeah, he retook his opener and then hit his second. Um, but, yeah, 795 kilo total, 23 years old, only his third meet in two years. Um, if you see him, you can understand why he, he's going to be in the battle, too. Um, he can rival he can rival uh, Russ for how jacked he is. Yeah. Um, that is a built man. It was jacked. Um, Intimidating. That's scary. Got the, Obviously, got we've got Delaney, too. too. I don't know if Delaney's going to stay over in the PA side. He has to. But he has between to Delaney and then Gerald Scott, yeah. it could be a six-way battle next year. Yeah, and I think that's – I mean, I don't know how much I want to talk about this, but that's kind of the thing after Nationals um, Hack put on a story, and I appreciate the clout you gave me, Hack. That's – a hack story and a rust story gets me more clout than King of the Lifts, and it's not even close. I get like three follows from a King of Lifts repost. If hack or rust puts me on the story, I get like 45. Not even close. Um, I think the story, because if you look at it, I still had to pull a lift that I didn't think I had any business pulling just to beat Nori by half kilo. So Nori's still in the thick of things and in the conversation. Gruden... 
I think people are kind of like not understanding his progress, but he's a guy who doesn't compete that frequently, and he's making progress. And if you look at net last year's nationals to now, he's improved his total by 10 kilos. And he's not a big 82 and a half. He's going to be in that weight and, class and forever. If he, and if he hits that, if he hits that deadlift, or even just goes two and a half less and hits it, he goes 825. Exactly. And is only 13 kilos off Russ. So he should be. Rudin is in there too. Yeah, and he, seemingly is now in a better better spot where he can compete frequently with sure. everyone. Yeah, for sure. And I well, I know it depends though. If they start if they move nationals to October, then it pretty much wipes them from competition because of the football season. So that's the unfortunate thing with him, with them moving back to that. I mean, the Arnold could be the meat for him to really, you know, put on a show and to compete with us. But it's, I don't think it's me versus Russ. I think it should be Russ versus me, versus Gruden, versus Nori, versus Gerald. And the actual talk is just how stacked the 82 and a half kilo weight class is. Very similar to what we're talking about, 93 kilos at IPF Worlds. It's just a shark tank of a division. And we see guys who are making progress now as well. Like me and Garudin both have 10 kilo bumps in our total. Since last year's Nationals, we're competing a little bit more frequently. You know, we get a long off season. You could possibly put something on the total. The number doesn't go away either. The magic number is 840 at the 850 range. So it's something for us to shoot for. Knowing that if we are in a position to, you know, overtake Russ, we got to get somewhere in that position. So there's a lot. Delaney, I'm only excluding him because there's no way he's doing USAPL because he's got to do Sheffield. Like yeah. it'll be like yeah, it could potentially be towards next nationals, but he he's doing IPF to do Sheffield and he qualified for Sheffield. So he's gonna definitely do Sheffield. That's gonna be his next meet. Um, yeah, the weight class is interesting. I'm excited to see the future of it. Last year, it was more so Russ is dominant and everyone is chasing him. Nori shouldn't be in the conversation anymore. I wasn't thrown in the conversation either. Delaney was thrown in more, but he never gets like this weird like hype. Delaney never gets that bump. I I don't know why. And he does. It's up. He doesn't post. You got to post. He doesn't post. But then when he posts, though, it's like the most cinematic masterpiece of all time. He did one for a fucking watch that took 35 minutes. Like, like when he posts shit, it's better than me. I only post my lifts. Like he's posting post like, like Instagram. People like people like an Instagram clip of a five second deadlift that they can see immediately. That's what gets people hyped. That's what, yeah, sure, uh, yeah. But and he, people forget. So if you post once a week, like I forgot, doesn't matter if it's a movie. <laughs> good point. Okay, that's a good point. I'm just saying, like, I, he's he's definitely in the. He gets way, way, way more hype than he like he has this year than last year. Like Delaney, I think it was people getting hype was Russ Delaney Sean. I think going into this year's IPF Worlds, it, it was pretty much the same shit for me. If Angelo, if one misses a lift, Angelo could pull for second. No owners really gave me a chance to pull for first, and they shouldn't have. Um, but I think Delaney's performance last year like warranted more of a Russ first Delaney type battle. Um, and I still think he's he's definitely within the conversation, but six people now. It's six people that are in that conversation, and that's good for the sport. It's good for the weight class. I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm very happy with our performance. Third time's a charm. I just really wanted to PR a total because, you know, three straight meets not PR a total would not sit right with me. Um, it would be a long, long off season. So happy to get there. Happy to see how things unfold. Now to the 90-kilo weight class. Same primetime session, a whole lot of drama with that as well. 
I mean, you, you kind of had Banner Petrie dominate, but one of the best things of that night for me was, I don't know if he's comfortable with me saying this. Too bad, so sad. I'm going to fucking say it. When he got that last pull, I was still mildly concussed from the dive I took. And <laughs> I just see Petrie come out, you know, after his pull and just say, three kilos less, three kilos less, three kilos less. That's what I totaled. And I'm like, I could run through a wall right now again because he was alluding to it. He had the best total of the week in spite of him being three kilos less. Matt Gary posted this on his Instagram. I get it. IPF Worlds, USAPLs, apples to oranges. Travel, uh, the way the competitions run, the judging, all that stuff is different. But being three kilos less than the other competitors and still totally Four, actually. Oh. He weighed an 89.1. Oh, Jesus. He, you know what he did that? He just wanted to look extra shredded, shredded for that fucking attire he was wearing prior to competition. Which, all right, so he won, I think, best dress last year. No, Russ won best dress last year in two white lights. Petrie, it was funny. I don't know what the hell that attire was. What was he planning on doing after or before the competition? Chippendales. Yeah, clearly. It was so it wasn't it wasn't the most yeah, it was I was not expecting that. When he said, Yeah, I have a I have an attire, and I'm like, oh, okay, so I guess you were looking to just make women faint and make guys insecure uh going into this way in. But Well, I appreciate the A three kilo class, some of them dressing up. It was kinda nice. Oh yeah. Like I talked to the girls, the six sevens during it, I was like we should try this next year because clearly this is something we need to do. <laughs> yeah, we all look great. You know, I I, I, I thought Sean's actual Versace robe was the best part of it because it's the most genius way in attire <laughs> ever because you just slip it right off and you could weigh in. Did, Russ's mink coat was a little you, was 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 uh, such a flex on us. I like. I'm like. I loved it. Yeah, me too. Well, actually, I, something something I, I need pissed. to say. I, I forgot to say. By the way, we're not going to cover the 90 I, kilo. Sorry, Brandon. We're just going to talk about. Sorry. <laughs> I've got to go back to something Russ did because obviously I'm disappointed on the day, but when he timed that last deadlift and dropped it with the beat drop, I just was like, okay, okay. That was cool. That was cool. That, that was really cool. That was really he cool. Really that did. that, that yeah. was a flex. And I, I can't, I can't say any that. Yeah, that the was mink, cool. The mink coat though flex on all of us. Cause I was like really proud of my attire. I'm like, Oh, this looks cool. I look like uh, Hank Williams jr. On Monday night football. No, you look good. I look good. I look good but then I saw Russ I'm like, fuck like this is really that's, can we, that's really cool. Did you hear the commentary for Sean's like one of Sean's lifts? Um, the commentator was like, you know, he walked around the Versace rope today, and some people at the uh, at the hotel thought he was a homeless man walking around the hotel. <laughs> he said it during his attempt. That's so, that was dying. That was that was either uh, Carl or Kyle. I could assume that was, it was Carl. Oh, it was Carl who did it, huh? It was okay, Carl. I, that's more of a Kyle's comedy, but yeah. All right. So I guess the tire talk is done. We can talk about the 90 kilo weight class, which I mean, just as a competitor though, like seeing the 90 kilo weight class and like, that's the thing about being in prime time. Like I'm warming up. I never thought Bryce Lewis would be in the same prime time flight as me, but he was, and it was awesome. Um, one of the legends of the sport. And he was in a, he was in a fight with Brandon Petrie, Jamar Royster, Connor Borkert. Uh, and all those lifters, I think, had something to really hang their head high or to hold their head high up about. I mean, there was a lot of American records that were being broken in that weight class. Um, but I think the performance of the primetime session, who got best overall middleweight lifter, Brandon Petrie, deserves all the credit for it because he killed it. Recouped after a missed first squat. 
I'm not going to lie. I was a little worried with his squats. The times I trained with Brandon at Houston, his, his uh, right wrist was, like, hurting his squat. Like, he couldn't stay in position, and I'm like, oh, shit. I'm not going to say it on, you know, two white lights or anything because I don't know if that's a dirty tactic, but every time I've seen it, it didn't really go well. And I don't know I don't know if this had any effect on his squat at all, but he was able to recover, and he was able to put together a terrific performance. Um, I mean, he didn't total uh, 2K, so disappointing me. Yeah, he, well, I said 2,400, <laughs> and he was a bit under that. Yeah. Yeah. Way under. Actually... I mean, should we even talk about him at that point if he didn't get that? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but it was – I mean, we were – well, actually, we were all – were we right? We're right on this one, right? That was accurate. I mean, our, said he'd win. We said he'd win, <laughs> but he was kind of like, guys, underestimate me what I can do, and he didn't total 2K, so I guess we're technically right. Oh, yeah, you're right. All right. Except Steve. Steve was horribly wrong, but it's okay. Yeah. No, Steve was you're totally right. You're off by no, he was no. totally right. He said he was like, oh, no, you predicted him at 2,400. Yes, oh. 2,400. Okay. Yes. Um, but I will say, he missed his first squat on depth, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I really wonder what he would have had without – it wouldn't have been 2,000, but I wonder because, like, it moved so fast, and then he went 8 for 9. So I'm like, would it have been, like, 1965? In all honesty, if you're going to – guys, if you're, like – this is the, the thing we couldn't watch any of us. Was probably the ninety kilos, right? I didn't see any. Lips. I, did you? I, I know enough bit. of the. I did not watch any, but I know enough of the timeline from talking to Brad Cooliard. Okay. Of well, what happened sense, at the very end, Connor Borkert. Because yeah, what do you say? Yeah, because he yeah he handled Connor Borkert, so it makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. But yeah, I I mm. could not watch a ninety kilo lift. I don't watch it really any eighty two and a half kilo lifts either. So. What like so? Someone's got to break this well, down for me. Bra- okay, Brandon obviously won. That was it for the day. From there, uh, it was between Bryce, Jamar, Dominique Fuqua, and Connor Borker. Bryce kind of had it. Like, I, I think he he went eight for nine on the day. By third deadlift, he already had it wrapped up. So I think maybe they jumped a little bit more. They went to 355, and he, I think he just missed it. But maybe they, they could have probably done a little bit more with 345. I don't know how it moved, but based on the fact that they went to 355, it seemed like he was pretty solidly in second. Jamar went out and tried 705 i believe that was actually literally as jamar's doing that i think i actually, i, I kind of stopped for a second because that's when i was running out to protest because that was immediately after john uh uh hit his lift that then got overturned i believe jamar got it to lock out and just missed it maybe get on like a technicality like soft knees might be wrong again i i'm running the protest so i don't remember but i, I believe he almost got it to like lock he got it to lock out and then just missed it so that happened Connor then loaded up 332. He got it to lock out, and then I believe his grip opened up, and he dropped it. Um, And so that solidified it pretty much that it was then Brandon, Bryce, and Jamar um, in that order. Dominique got uh, fourth. He actually missed his last two deadlifts. Um, I think if even if, if he had hit his second or his third, he would have pulled into third over Jamar. Um, So... And then probably the one to talk about that wasn't in the session that was one of the best lifts of the day, Daniel Howe finished in six with 803. Wasn't in contention to, to run with those guys, but deadlifted 353. Yeah. Nice. 
So, which is the second biggest deadlift of the day behind Brandon. So yeah, the men, the, that other, Brandon kind of walked away with it, but there was a, there was a bit of a battle there with Bryce, Jamar and Connor and Dominique throughout the day. That was, that was a pretty close little battle. Other than the fact that, like I said, I think, I think Bryce pretty much had it under control for the most part um, since he was hitting all his lifts. Yeah. Dominique just couldn't execute. He went like five for nine. Um, so like if he had executed better, could be a different story. Also, I know Connor was trying to pull for third. That broke my heart, bro, because he legit locked it out and then just slipped out of his hand. I almost cried. That's my teammate. <laughs> yeah, but he's got a. That's all I got. It's actually very similar. Him is like him and Gruden's deadlift. Just a lot of quad to deadlift over. Yes. Like that's where I think yes. Gruden gets hurt. Is like when he hitches and ramps is because his quads are so damn big. Like it's just a lot of body to deadlift around. Um, I I. Th- Dominic, from my, if I remember correctly, he had a bit of an adventure on bench, right? Because he had to retake an attempt. Because that actually was one thing I get to, I got to pay attention to was because it, because I had obviously the lowest bench of the the primetime session. So I would get the, like the runoff effect of the lift too. And same thing with Cam, I think as well. Like, uh, and Cam, yeah, Cam Scott, who also competed the primetimes are, um, uh, Cam Brown, who uh, also, or Cam Smith, I'm sorry, uh, competed in the primetime session. He he had to scratch attempts, too. So, like, I got, like, this weird five-minute gap in between my lifts, and it was because of a retake on Dominic, because I think they set the safeties, uh, safeties too high. Almost yeah, now I remember. They Almost had one bomb. safety at eight yeah. and one safety at, like, three. And so, and then he had, like, very short amount of time to try to recover, so he filled it again, and then he got his third attempt which is like the second kind of but then he missed the fourth he was just too tired mm-hmm. yeah yeah that sucks yeah anything else in 90 kilos oh uh, jamar nope. got the american oh. record squad yeah oh yeah jamar that was cool 733 yeah jamar i believe te- it would be his second american record because he our third mm-hmm. if you could include him in a, the 83s he had it for a very short period of time but 93s he also had at the virginia pro right yep so he broke that within right. his first meet at 93, which is crazy, and now has a 90 kilo, which I think he said it twice. I think he was e- easily able to get on his opener and then was able to get on his second attempt. He just can't get at that third. That third squat really is a problem for him in competitions. Not, I mean, he hit it at 83. I mean, he hit it the year before at 83s, but that was, that was 100% will, too. He willed that squat up. That was something like the, oh. he he had to he had to get power from another dimension last year for that squat. That was the biggest grinder and a bit. I I don't know how you could fight that long with seven hundred what he did last year, but um, I mean it's not it's not something he has to figure out, right? <laughs> I mean, he's got yeah. the best squat by far. He does. I mean, he mentioned like for that raw nationals where he grinded out seven hundred one, like he had like his belts not not tight enough, so, like the extra bracing helped him out. I think the weight cut was the. Well, yeah, that was that was what made him grind that squat out. Either way, he got the squat. But yeah, I would love to see him go three for three again on the squat. Like that's like his baby, really. So if he could do that, like it'll bump him up a lot. Yeah, seven fifty squat, especially that way. I think he's capable of it, especially what we've seen him do in the gym before. And I think at ninety three, he was able to go seven forty four. So I, I, I'm, I'm confident in that, but yeah, big lift from Jamar. Always can expect a big squat from him. Third place finish too is big for him. I think getting top three in that yes. already a pro lifter, but that, that, uh, third place finish for him is huge. Um, that's a really big, 
I think I think it's something of you know a feather in his cap. He was able to do that in '83 and in '90. Not an easy thing to do. Go up a weight class and still be very competitive with the the, the big dogs, and he did it. And very good to see. The 90 kilos are going to take shape. We see the best overall lifter. Do we have any other thoughts on the 90s? Oh, by the way, he's going to go down a weight class again. Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm going to commentate that. I okay. corrupted. Um, that's uh, – I think it's more so for publicity and something to do for YouTube and the way he's doing it for, like, that uh, type of meat. Is I do I have confidence in him with doing that? And I, I think maybe you could totally eight hundred. But going back down to eighty two and a half, he's a big he's a big boy. He's a big dude, and that weight cut does actually affect him. So I'll I'm I'm gonna get the front row seat for that one. So we'll see what Jamar does going back down to eighty two and a half. All right. Before we get on to our hundred kilo males. Stoic had itself a fantastic week. We just talked about Brandon Petrie, who won best overall middleweight lifter. We had Chance Mitchell winning worlds in 93 kilos. I took second. Sean took third in our weight class. And we're all wearing Stoic gear. Ladies and gentlemen, go to Stoic gear or go to lift.net and get yourself some Stoic gear. I wear Stoic gear in the gym and on the platform because it is the best, it is the most quality, and it's the most affordable too. You're not just paying for the logo, you're paying for the quality as well. Use promo code ANGELO10 to save yourself some money on Stoic gear. We just had a conversation with them. Some new color wave drops might be coming with the singlets, so get excited for that. All right, now on to the 100 kilos. This was something Steve and I got to commentate, and it was a hell of a session. Yeah, this was interesting. It was interesting with one and two, and it we did not think it would be interesting in one and two. And then three through five was super interesting, too. I mean, the, the highlight, obviously, is Bob Matthews. We mm -hmm. thought he was going to run away with it, which on paper he did. But if you actually watch the meet, he didn't. Mm -hmm. It was at he, – he, he could have lost. Instead of losing, he ends up winning best overall lifter for the whole meet, which we'll get to Ashton in a second. It could have yep. gone either way. To explain that, Bob went 320 on his opener, or three – yeah, uh, 342.5. Jumped up to 370 and got up and down call, I believe, and then jumped to 375, and it was a grinder. He could have viably missed that, but he got it. But the reason I say he could have lost is Jonathan Hill. Um, we talked about him. I'm taking kudos for picking him second and not underrating him. Um, Jonathan may compete with Bob sooner rather than later. Um he had a pretty darn good meet, uh, and he loaded up 365 on his third attempt, and if he would have hit that, it would have pulled him into first for the time being. It would have pulled him to 897.5, which would have tied Bob, and, and but John would have been winning on body weight, and then that would have forced Bob and since to pull that 375 to win it. John actually got it up, and seemingly it wasn't that hard. He just couldn't lock his knees. Yeah. Um, like the actual speed of the lift was pretty darn fast. It was just, I mean, it, you could probably say a slight technical thing that was now allowing him to, to lock his knees, but strength wise, it wasn't hard. Like it's kind of like a Dave Olson thing. I feel like he could have pulled like 380. It's just, could he actually get his, his hips and his knees locked? But holy cow, that, that was a, that whole session was a, uh, was an interesting one. There were so many pulls for the win and crazy things that happened. Well, but yeah, but, between John and Bob, that was way more interesting than I think anyone would have ever thought. Well, and watching it, like, 
I got to watch it in the crowd. When Bob missed the second dead, he missed it off of letting go, by the way. Yeah. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, letting go. Sorry. But my heart sank. I was like, yo, that second did not look easy. It did not look easy. So I was like, he might miss this third. And just and also on top of that, like with Bob getting this lift, like he beat Ashton on actual total. Which is crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot happened here. Yeah, it was and- uh- I lost it on the second attempt. I was, I, cause I stopped looking, I think at the lift. Cause like, I'm like, okay, he's got it. And then I saw three red lights. I'm like, what the hell? And then Steve, you actually caught it because I didn't understand how he got Yeah. He just let go of it too early. And I was like, oh no. Oh God. I'm like, that is, that would be a terrible way. I know Taylor Atwooding him that day. Didn't get any gift calls on that one. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he got all three reds. I'll be honest though. I think what happened, like he like let go, but like, I think he held onto it until it touched the floor and like the bar like kind of whipped because it's so much weight and like he let go so fast. The bar was still moving. So I think technically he didn't let go, but like it was, he still let go early enough that like yeah. they couldn't really tell. And I was panicking because, okay, question for you, Steve, when he kept pulling the slack out, he pulled it really hard. And I thought the bar, like the actual place were leaving the floor wouldn't that technically count as his lift if that yeah. had been the case i mean on the lot for me and angela's view on the little live stream tv we couldn't see that but if if the entirety of the plates leaves the yeah. floor yes that's that's a that's an attempt of a lift i don't i don't know the technicality of just like if the inside plates leave i don't think that's considered it i think the entirety of the plates have to leave i, I might be wrong on that but yes if the plates leave the floor that you that's why you and since don't want to jerk the bar too hard because if it leaves the floor, that's the lift. He doesn't. He does I, it. He does it though. So he makes it look like a deadlift bar because he doesn't jerk the bar. Like some guys like do like the the stoop. I hate by the way. This is like the worst way to pull slack out is doing the stupid ass like shaking of the bar. But he does it like where he gets the leverage. I'm like Jesus. It looks like he's lifting on a Texas deadlift bar because of how much slack he's able to pull from it. But yeah, we could not see from that angle. I have seen it before, though. I've seen it. I actually seen it got called twice in one competition. That was commentated. Okay. Um, someone pulled the slack out so much, and it was just not a lot of weight on the bar that they left it. And Taylor Wollen back in the day getting white lights at the uh, the Reebok record breakers. Yeah, doing that. yeah, he pulled it twice. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Pulled it twice. He actually, it wasn't even the slack pull. He mistimed his pull. He tried to pull it and then like mistimed it and then pulled it and then like re hip hinged and then did it again. That was one of the worst. That was one of the worst officiated meets in powerlifting history. But um, yep, going going back to Jonathan Hill, there's one major interesting thing to point out. He weighed ninety four point three. He was basic. I don't. I assume he didn't cut. He probably just walked in. He's basically a ninety three kilo lifter. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his plans are in the future. If he's going to keep bulking up or what he's going to do, but like I was the fact that he could have gone eight ninety. That was unbelievably impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's well, so we can't give Mar- Morgan Garcia our pick for breakout lifter of the year or of this Megan S because we gave him to him last year. John Hill is definitely my pick. Not even close. He's the breakout lifter of this meet. I mean, to be in that weight class, his dot score, um, we saw what he's capable of like in the gym. But again, you got to get at these big meets. This is, you know, his first might be his first nationals. That's first nationals? Yeah, it is. First yep. nationals, first primetime session. Not easy to compete in primetime. He showed out. I am and- going to correct something. So I'm going to correct something. I was wrong. He would not have beat Bob by pulling that. 
I hyped that I up too much. I was very confused. Oh, did you say I that? I, was, I think. Did he say that? I think it. I think it. No, what I think it was because I remember saying it. I think that would have pulled him in over Bob and Ashton as best lifter at the time. That's what it was. I think oh. because of his body weight. Okay. Because I remember talking about that on the live stream, but it was not for total. It was for best lifter. And you would have to win your weight class, right? To get best lifter. Right, yeah. I'm talking, yeah, in sense, you had to win your weight class, but I'm talking like pro series and just dots or whatever. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, and uh, then we had Kai's. Sorry. Yeah, well, I, Kai, yeah, I, well I mean, that's fine. Uh, good, yeah, because I was about to say the same thing. Kai Zhao able to get in there at third. Um, he's a guy who's relatively new to powerlifting, too. I mean, not new to the sport. He's been, he has fourth big place. gaps. Oh, we got fourth place. We got Kyle Power, third. Nope. No, Lorenzo Wright. Oh, Lorenzo Wright, my day. bad. Oh, shit. Okay, that was the weight class above. <laughs> my bad. Uh, yeah, Lorenzo Wright, yeah, Lorenzo Wright had probably the least amount of turbulence as far as lifters go throughout the meet because all of his lifts looked really good. He was able to um, execute really well with some heavy-ass weight and just to see this guy's journey in the sport, because I think I even bought this up on commentary. I remember in 2019, we were talking and like, man, it would be so cool to do a prime time. That's the kind of our goal. Like that was his goal. That was my goal. And then like within the same like week, we were able to do the same thing. And it was awesome to see him do, and he killed it. He just had himself a really fine, smooth, well-executed meet and put a lot of, put a lot on his total there. So this is kind of this is replacing my 105s. I remember the 105s in the USAPL with Mikey, uh, Ash, and Bryce. My favorite weight class. Hundreds is starting to replace that for me. I can see that. And for fourth and the ones say Kai Zhao, like he had a good day. He went eight for nine. He had to pull into fourth place with that last deadlift. Um, that was pretty exciting to watch too. Cal Power also did really well. Um, just he didn't have that pull advantage. And also he missed the last pull. I forgot. He missed the last pull. Yeah. So. He was trying to pull in the third. Yeah. Um, yeah, he had a weird day on squats. Um, he's never really had an issue with depth, but I mean, I, I thought those were high, like especially his third attempt. Like I don't think those were bad calls, but he usually doesn't have an issue there. Um, and then talking to Joe, it sounds like in the gym, he's hit that deadlift. So they were pretty confident he had that. And that was the pull in the third. Because At that point, he's already on the podium. See if you can pull in the third, but just wasn't quite there. Also, with Kyle, he took a meet pretty recent, too, to get himself into nationals. Because um, Kyle Power, a uh, fantastic 93-kilo lifter, had the deadlift record for a little bit there as well. Um, so moving up to 100, he was pretty fresh on that meet, too. So that big, I think it might have been an eight-week or six-week turnaround. Not very easy to take that turnaround. Um, and, but had himself a great meet still. I think all things considered, of course, he would want that podium position, but all things considered, turnaround, having to recut weight, it's, um, I think it's a step in the right direction for a guy who had a really long hiatus off the platform. I think that meet he just did was his return since 2019 or uh, 2020. No, he competed at 2020 Arnold, and that was the last of his meets. And, you know, two years later, we're able to see him on the platform, which is great. Uh, anything else to add with the hundreds? Yeah, um, we got to talk about Marcus Dodo because we had him in our top three. <laughs> or I did. Yeah, it was a rough meet. Yeah, it was a rough meet for him. I might have. I actually got to check. Well, you check that. But, yeah, like, it it made me sad because he got two to one on that last squat, and they called it it high. And, honestly, I couldn't tell if it was high. I don't know if y'all could tell. 
I think we called it high. I think we called it high in the uh, commentary. Yeah, that was unfortunate though because like that would have changed him by like three placings, and then from there it was kind of downhill with his bench press missing the last two. Um, Dallas went okay for him, but yeah, I had him in my top three, so had to give him a we shout all out. Did, Hopefully, I'm he... looking now, we all did. Which he could, I mean, if he executed, he could have been there. The one we all got really yeah. wrong, even me, even though I put him third, Jonathan Hill was what we got really wrong because, like, not only did he get second, he got second by like a landslide. Yeah. Yeah. We were, that was where we were probably the most wrong on this weight class. Yeah. And Zach Yamamoto, well, at least you put third. Well, Zach Yamamoto had to put down his opener quite a bit, I think, on his squat. Like, he was someone that we had to watch afterwards. Um, or, like, we didn't give him a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot of uh, praise or just coverage on the preview show because we didn't know a whole lot about him. But I think, I think someone messaged me something like he had to like really sandbag his squat for some reason. So he weighed in literally at one hundred on the dot. So maybe there was a big cut. Maybe that. that maybe that's what I was bit. getting messaged for. I don't. I don't know. I'm just guessing well. because when usually when you weigh one hundred on the dot, it's not because you came in underweight and you get to even the meat. It's because you had a pretty big cut and nailed had the get every last little ounce. Mm. Yeah. And that's a difficult thing to do is kind of recomp and get yourself to uh, wait again. Um, yeah. But entertaining weight class. Yeah. Unfortunately, Mark Zudu did not do very well. Uh, I, yeah. And I was about to say with Kai Zhao, a person who's rel- he, he's had gaps in his competition history, but I think this is like his fourth meet and he's doing great things, you know, compete at 93 kilos, had that big deadlift, now I think with I think he was going through some shoulder injuries and stuff. He wasn't really confident coming into his meet. Young lifter, I think you're going to see a lot of good things from Kai, especially uh, coach under Joe Stanek. I'm really excited to see what they do. And he's got all the deadlifters, you know, Kyle Power, Kai Zhao, uh, myself. He had um, Dan Howell in the 90s. So you know he's going to be able to pull something to potentially push all those other guys. And Jalen Falk in coming years in this weight class, maybe. Yeah. We'll see what uh we see what JJ can do. Are we ready to move on to one tens? Let's do yeah. it. Where we had possibly the most hype moment in powerlifting history right in front of our hands. I mean, this is going to be the like, weight class where the winner we're, we're not going to talk as much, and we're going to talk possibly more about a mislift. It's like if Ina's mislift was like the best deadlift for IPF Worlds, David Wilson's missed deadlift was the best deadlift. Of this meet, Mega Nationals. And Steve, you nailed it. You nailed top three, by the way. Was I the only one? You're the only one. Yep. Bitch. Well, Preston, well, we all picked Ashton and David, so Preston has to give me kudos then. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because, yeah, that, the top three, I mean, well, third wasn't really contested. Preston pretty much had that in the bag. Um, but, yeah, obviously, Ashton just didn't have a great meet. There, There's no, like, Talking about that in the other way, squat didn't go great. Uh, bench, his pec was hurting, had to switch to the master grip on his third attempt. And then come deadlift, I don't think his deadlift was on point either, uh, but they literally just pulled whatever. I mean, they, they didn't try to do anything special. They just put on the bar what they th- thought they needed to push David, which it was enough. But again, we, we talked on the live before. I've said this multiple times on the podcast. We talked on the live stream about it. I don't know if there's a limit for what David will actually get moving. It's what can he lock out? And I do agree. I don't think it was fully locked out. Oh, no. I, Wait, do people say it, it was wasn't, fully locked out? But good Lord, was that insanity. Were people saying it was locked out? No, no. I don't oh, think okay. anyone was saying okay. it was locked out. I was out. like, the, no. way you, the way you phrased that, I'm like, 
it was clear that it wasn't. But yeah, it was. What that would have been the heaviest deadlift in IPF yep, USAPL 5. history. Five point five because Jesus did eight eighty one. Wow! Is, yeah, nice. This, I, did you say? I, this is what I would mean by like greatest. This is like the greatest misattempt in history because it was the most amount put on the bar to be at least hoisted to a point where it could have been hit. Like Eno's was amazing. Don't get me wrong. I mean, but based on formula, he, he has that, but Oh my God, I, I came unglued obviously on the commentary. I'm sorry if I ruptured you guys eardrums. If I screamed during commentary, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I'm a fan. And that was one of the best, best moments and it was a missed lift and he was so locked in throughout the day too he was just get he was just racking up two white light lifts from squat to bench and then on deadlifts rolls around i'm like all right well this is his game and did i think he was gonna pull it no but for uh about three seconds there i thought he had it and he almost missed it i love ash he almost couldn't see it yeah i love ash ash is my boy yeah we couldn't see it i by the yeah, way it was my the amount of panic that went through my voice was the it was equivalent <laughs> to the last episode of Sopranos. Spoiler alert! No! 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 Spoiler yes, alert! Yes! <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were just like we. I mean, that was really the last episode of Sopranos. Spoiler alert! It was kind of the same thing as David Wilson's squat or deadlift. There, I was like, I swear on God, if this live stream shits to bed on me right now, I'm gonna lose my mind because we could possibly be witnessing the greatest moment in powerlifting history just because of a deadlift. And no one has deadlifted this amount of weight. Um, God, he was close. Ash is my boy. I love Ash. One of my good friends. I was rooting for David Wilson in that moment. I, I was going, I'm like, you can't not root for him, right? You can't not hope he hits this. So, huh, so close. Yeah, when it, comes, when it comes to a big moment like that, it's like, I don't care for my friend. Like, I'm going for the guy who's about to get a record deadlift. Mm. So, very close. It would have been crazy yeah. if he had actually hit it, but Ashton scrapes by. But yeah, just like it says, Steve, he just didn't have a good day. Like that, that it's crazy that he got the third bench, and like he switched grips. Like you know anyone else who can do that? Like no, he's superhuman, lightweight. He can. I mean, he's so he's good in all aspects of powerlifting. He's a good high bar squatter, good low bar squatter. Could go, you know, standard grip on bench press, close grip on bench, can do conventional, could go sumo. He can do it all. So, like, if he does things in competition, I'm actually comfortable with him hitting it. Um, I mean, you could tell it was a bad day as soon as on squats, the second attempt. It was a very shaky squat walkout. He was blaming the bar whip. Him and I have been having arguments about this all day. Well, David David Wilson apparently said that, too. Yes, David's he did squat too. wasn't great on the day either, he, and he said, I believe he was – Alluding to the bar whip was a little bit too much as I well. I think it's the collars. I don't think it's the bar. There's no way a, an Ohio power bar can give you that much whip. What else? It's a stiff 20-kilo bar. So the bar can't become whippy. And it can't bend. Like, and they're saying bend. I, I don't know enough, but two things. One, it, it was a used Ohio power, power bar, not a brand new one. And it had been used for all the heaviest lifts of the week. So I don't know if that plays into it. I, I don't know. I, I squat 479 pounds is my best lift. I've never had to deal with bar whip in my life. So yeah, I don't like, know. Ash, but Ash, if, uh, if only Ashton said it, I would have been like, who knows? The fact that David said it and he has such a controlled squat, that makes me think that maybe it kind of was I, a little bit I of a thing. I still think it's the collars. It could be because I, 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 Sean on his first attempt 
said that the collars came loose on him on the left side, which makes sense. And we actually specifically, he, which we actually specifically told the spotters and loaders on the second attempt, well, make sure to tighten. And him also up the spotters and he loaders felt like he got loose on his first. Spotters and loaders, I made sure to remember this. USAPL, I gotta send this message. Do not use the rogue collars anymore. Don't use them. They suck. They're trash. They if they shake, the spotters and loaders are saying that. If you shake your bar a little bit, they start coming loose and they move. And there's no real way around it. Get new collars. That's one thing I'll say. I'm okay with the Ohio Power Bar. If you if they make it a deal with a Lyco, I'm cool with it too. A Lyco, you can't go wrong with a Lyco equipment. In my opinion, you can't go rogue with wrong with rogue equipment unless it's the collars. The collars are trash. They're not even easy to like manipulate too. It's the most overdesigned, and they they strip out really easy as well. Oh, it's over, and then you can't tighten them. Almost, only thing I don't know what the fuck Rogue's problem with overdesigning shit, but they overbuilt the combo rack and they overdid it with the combo with the collars. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, the collars were the one thing in Power Team that just simply didn't need to be changed, right? Unless I'm missing something here, but the collars, the standard collars, always used to work. Uh, uh, apparently, spotters and loaders are hating them. And a Lyco is much better to use. And I think every other um, collar is better to use too. So I've been told to send that message to the USAPL. Hopefully it gets changed. Um, but I, I don't, I, I just don't buy into the bar thing. It affected my, like I filled my third squat and literally I went off to the right because the bar didn't catch it. And when we racked it, like the place all slid like two inches off to the right. Like the collar just like didn't even yeah, it. And, I was like, like, oh. and the spotters, they're, they're, very experienced spotters and loaders. Like, they know to tighten the collar. So, like, all that stuff has a, uh, an effect. Uh, Preston Savoy, um, who got third, said that it didn't really affect him. And can we talk about Preston for a second? If we're talking about quick turnarounds and active competitors, he was easily the most com- active competitor, I think, in the primetime sessions. He had to do collegiate nationals, equipped in collegiate nationals. Then... He had to qualify for prime time. That was a goal of his just to get on prime time. Then he actually had to compete at the damn thing. And young lifter, 24 years of age, he did good. And this is going to be his career in the raw side of things. Um, I have a lot of, I have high hopes for that gentleman. He looks really good. His equip squat is about the same as his raw squat, which is something. Um, and he's obviously got a big bench to go along with it. So, you could possibly see another genetic freak go into this weight class. Yeah, and light, he's only 105 kilos. He's got room to gain. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy if you see him. Room to gain. And I think we all we all did double takes at Collegiate Nationals just looking at him walk through the room. It's like, is that the fullback for Louisiana Lafayette? Or I mean, if you there? see it from the back, he looks like Ashton. Yeah. If he was to uh, shave his head. He looks like Ash, and they have they have a very similar build. Also, so yeah, I'm really excited to see what he does. Also, okay, I gotta bring this up because it's not a secret. We're talking about Ashton's bad performance. Maybe it doesn't help going out every single night when you're in Vegas. Maybe it doesn't help that. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. Sorry, he wasn't keeping it, and also everyone saw it. You weren't keeping it secret. I mean, I don't think he was even trying to. He was out with us, Solana, the night before. I mean, he wasn't doing anything crazy. He was just out. He was out at Caesars with us. Like, yeah, I'm a guy who couldn't, like, uh, like, the temptation of Vegas was there for me. I love Vegas. It's my favorite place to vacation to. I was able to resist it. It was hard. I remember it was you, Sherris, and uh, Lorenzo, um, Steve. I, I, I had, like, I'm like, oh, I want a beer right now and gamble. 
like it was the day before my competition. I'm like, I fucking want to do it. Like I really want to do this right now. And I, I didn't Ash talk about bar whip. You can talk about all that stuff. Maybe don't do that next time. Just think about it. Next meet is probably gonna be the Virginia pro forum. He won't have the temptation because it's not Vegas. Ash from Virginia. Yeah. It's, it's you're fine. It's a pretty easy place to go and resist temptation, but that just can't happen again. Uh, that I, I and I kind of saw that with his it just his second and th- his third squat too. I wasn't a big fan of. I thought he actually cut it high. So I, I actually yeah the third it. squat the third squat was close. And if he missed that, I think Dave wins. Yeah. So like that's I think the. The aftermath of that is uh, just not doing yeah. that. Um, all right, we good for this weight class? I'll give a yep. quick shout-out because I'm going to be biased. I don't care. We take the top three. There's actually a pretty little close battle. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Between, yeah, I apologize. Two li- between two lifters in the morning session and then Camden Wilson and Tevin Jones in the primetime session. And I coached Nicholas Philpi. Um, he was in the morning session. Him and Angelo Augustin. Both totaled 820, but Augustin Angelo had him on body weight. And it was close. Uh, Camden had to come back. I think he missed his second. Let's see where it is. Oh, no. He missed his opener. On his second deadlift, he came back and hit. And on his third deadlift, came back and hit. And ended up placing fourth. Tevin was not able to hit. Um, so that ended up putting Camden in second. Angelo gets fifth on body weight for podium. And Nicholas just misses out. We honestly were just thinking top 10 was cool. And the fact that he almost podiums, um, we were hyped but Cannon wilson young dude um, one of the flex coaches had a really good meet um a little less i don't think it was up to par it looks like deadlift and bench mainly wasn't kind of up to par what he did with his is at the tss meet in february so he's got more there um but yeah he had a good showing to to round out that podium there yeah also i want to point out something um hey do you guys want to split this episode into two parts because we're about two hours Yes, in. we will. All right. Fantastic. Are yeah, we going to record not, another day? Yeah, for the we'll women's? do women's in a different day. Fantastic. All right. I was getting a little worried here. I just looked at the time, and it's been an hour 43. So. I was about to I say, was already thinking, I was thinking that 40 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good. You know what I need, though? I could use some obsidian ammonia smelling salts to get me through the rest of this episode. Go to HypeDust.com. I've got some. Do it. I've got some coming. There's I ordered he. I, I got some in the mail coming, so we can oh. do an on air uh, sniffing soon. We're gonna Fantastic. next episode. Hopefully, God. we'll do an on air sniff. Do it. Yeah, I'm very excited for that because if it's anything like this episode, which we're an hour and forty minutes in, I'm gonna need some smelling salts to get me through it. And what better smelling salt to use than obsidian smelling salts? Go to hypedust.com. Use promo code two WL fifteen to save yourself some money on the best smelling salts in the game. Like I said. On the last episode, my buddy who worked on me the entire time, my dad apparently keeps on calling me his son, Andrew Tran, ripping smelling salts all throughout his 18-hour drive while he's listening to Two White Lights. You can't get anything better than that. So use that promo code 2WL15. They have a whole lot of smelling salts. They have the combo back too, the inhaler and the smelling salts. I would suggest people buying that. That's actually, I think, coming in my mail as well is the combo uh, pack as well. So use that promo code 2WL15. All right. Did yeah. you rip ammonia before your American record deadlift? I did. I most definitely did. I'm scared to do it too, but I did it. I'm still scared of smelling and salts. That, and that's why you got it. Yes, it is. Thank you. Obsidian <laughs> smelling salts. All right. 120 kilos. Awesome weight class 25. as well. 125. Sorry, IPF. USAPL crossing wires. 
125. Amazing weight class as well. We got an incredibly dramatic pull at the end. I did not have Kevin Wynn winning this going in, and I'm actually going to qualify this as a quite the big upset. I He had the potential yeah. to do it, but I didn't think he could. No. Um, and I didn't think – I mean, straight up, I was wrong. He actually just – as we're broadcasting uh, or recording, he tagged me in a post of, like, what I was talking about on the, on the live stream. I didn't think he had 372 after he hit, I think, 345 on his second. Yeah, he hit 345 and they had to make a 27 and a half kilo jump. I didn't think he had that. And obviously I was wrong. I was completely wrong. I mean, that was that was arguably the best pull for the win of the entire week. Um, that was a massive jump, 27 and a half kilos. I do not think he plans at all to likely take that. Um, I know I talked on the live stream. I was kind of I, I was kind of surprised he did that. I was thinking more, I mean. Again, it depends on what you think. Uh, it, I was thinking more, maybe he'd go a little lower to force Jared's hand to have to hit a lift. Um, he Again, I'm, I'm reading off the, the post he just made. He basically said he was supremely confident that Jared had 372. And that's why he did it. Like, mm-hmm. he really thought Jared had that. And so that's why he thought, okay, if Jared's going to hit that, I'm going to have to hit it too. And that's the only way I'm going to win. So he loaded up on the bar. And obviously that was the right call. And then in the sense of my, like, immediate thoughts on the live stream, I was wrong. Like I, I thought he probably should have gone a little less, but in the, how it played out, I mean, he forced Jared's hand uh, or not. Yeah. And not he forced Jared's hand, Jared hit it. And then Kevin came and YOLO'd and he was able to pull 372.5 and one. And that was crazy. That was, I mean, yeah, that was insane. It was such a brilliant, it really was. It was a brilliant meet. It was like, I was just looking at Tim's selection. I watched it. I was like, what must it be like to be a, 275 pound man and like get to jump like 60 pounds like every time you do in our in our attempts mm-hmm. just huge jumps yeah it was both of them it was it was it was just we talked about it last episode aren't these battles better when lifters are really good and hitting their lifts and there's really not yes. there's you can't get any better than these two both of them hit their lifts and they make it look relatively easy too and they execute very well like and kevin Wynn has found his weight class like, this is a weight class for him. I think he was 105, and that's where he was battling out in collegiate nationals, and he got fourth at collegiate nationals. 125 is his weight class. He looks comfortable in it, and his lists look as good as advertised. I remember in the 105s, you're looking at his list in the gym like, oh, this guy can easily walk away with 105s. Then the weight cut happened. Then the competition happens, and you don't see the same lifter. This one, this weight class, we're seeing the same lifter. We're seeing him execute... In the gym, beautifully, and execute on the platform beautifully. So, well, actually, that's one of our issues. I don't think we saw anything in the gym because I don't think he posts. All we saw was that tune-up meet that he sandbagged, and we thought, can he even grind a lift? And then we found out he can grind every lift. Yeah. Well, okay, well, Kevin. So I've actually been I've been aware of him for a while. He's been like tossed around in like uh, group chats, and you know, people. He's a Texas guy too. So with the Texas people I know. To toss around, and it's like, God, this guy's list look effortless. Just we know what happened at Collegiate Nationals with him, and I'm like, okay, one thing you can point to is weight cut, you know, and also simply not being able to perform on the platform. Um, so I knew like what I was, what he is doing in the gym. He lifts like that. He's technically proficient, and everything looks easy. It's just, you know, can he replicate on the platform? And he was, and he's able to do. Things that are hard for every single lifter to do. Go above and beyond what you need, like what you're expected to do. 
Like that last poll, definitely, it, it definitely not was what I was thinking his third poll, and he had to do it, and he did it. And I mean, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't common this week, right? Like it, it was a lot of close calls, but Kevin Wynn, myself, were able to the ones that actually put that third poll on that was kind of without like out of our wheelhouse and still hit it. What's even crazier to me is the fact that we t- like Jared Martin had an amazing Arnold. And like, I kind of thought if he could just duplicate that, that probably wins it. Jared Martin PR'd his total by 12 and a half kilos over the Arnold. He pulled 10 kilos more. That, that's kind of why for me, like I was like, can Jared even pull 372? And then he actually hit it decently easy. I think Jared had more in the tank. Um, yeah. Jared had an amazing meet. It's just that Kevin just went like S tier, like just went off. Yeah, none of them. No, no lifter should be like down on themselves after that battle. It was a, it was a beautiful battle. Actually, technically speaking, one of the best of the meets. I think just had the head wise. Um, I mean, you oh see, for sure. You see Bob and Petrie like there. That was best overall. You see some dramatics there. You see the dramatics with David Wilson and Ashton Ruska. David doesn't end up pulling it, but it wasn't like it was. It came down to the final pull. It was toe to toe slugfest the entire time and it came down to two really big pulls that ended out the day and that to me is like the best definition of a battle and Kevin Wynn I mean he handled it with a lot of poise handled with a lot of maturity too also not an easy thing to do like these this is like his second big meet of his career I, I at times I don't qualify collegiate nationals as a big meet I qualify as like the regular session of nationals this one was prime time. And he, and he has it. a lot of room to grow. He's 22. Like, he's young. He's going to just keep on getting stronger. I agree. I agree. Uh, he looks really, really good. Uh, who got third in that? Blake, Blake Atwell. Atwell. He did not have a great meet. Yeah, um, he didn't have he a went... good day. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna... He didn't have a great day, but it was just the fact that, like, the class wasn't super deep. Like he, he kind of, I think for the most part, just hit openers um, and was able to do it. Uh, f- five for nine. Yeah. Five for nine day hit two squats, one bench, two deadlifts. He just simply opened too heavy. Like even jumping to his second attempts, he wasn't taking very big jumps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was one thing I noticed. I was like, okay, I feel like that those openers are like not moving like they should. Um, and he way under total what he did from his last meet. So is what it is. Yeah. Um, I did see an interesting four-way tie. I didn't even notice this. Fifth through eighth place with a four-way tie on total, all body weight. That was interesting. Yeah, that was we crazy. Got Matt, I didn't notice that. Yeah. yeah. Matt Cronin got fifth. Joshua Price got sixth. Carrington Amadi got seventh. And Amar Marquez got eighth, all on body weight. Hey, well, I'm sure that was strategic on Matt Cronin's part because he was the only one in prime time. So I'm sure he floated that up and then he had body weight advantage and knew exactly what he needed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. He did. He did well. He went seven for nine. Not bad. Yeah, he was looking good. Um, another subtotal type of lifter. So hard to stick with those two guys at the top, though. Um, and actually, and then on to the next. Unless we have anything else with one twenty fives. No one forties. So we talked about this being like the best battle in the sense where they're so close, one to three, and it was a good battle, but we none of us had Astrologo first 
And he was first and actually he had himself, I, I would never call it an easy meet because I don't think any meets are easy, but he just kind of went in there and hit his lifts and won. Like it wasn't really, he wasn't like that. It wasn't like dramatic for him at all. He just kind of hit his shit and went it, and won a national championship. It was, yeah. but it wasn't because I made a mistake and basically called him the national champion after his second attempt. And then he went on to miss his third. Dominic Melvin jumped up something crazy. What did he jump? He jumped 22 and a half kilos. I mean, he only jumped 10 kilos from his first to a second, which tells me that it was hard. And his second attempt didn't move super great. So when he jumped 22 and a half, I was like, oh, that's probably not going to leave the floor. And then he locked it out. He got called uh, two to two reds to one. I assume Joey went and protested. It didn't get overturned, but yeah, it it almost went from Michael having just kind of an easy stroll to a national champion to like Dominic having this hail mary pull and winning it out of nowhere, which would have been almost more of a hail mary than, uh, in my opinion, than Kevin because Kevin and Jared were at least kind of close all day. Yeah, yeah, I do recall that. I remember that. Does it come? It did come down to the last deadlift, but like for Michael, it just wasn't a. Like he was hitting his lifts, and that's why he was in a good position there. And he just forced Dominic Melvin to have this really big pull that, you know, like you could bet on him not doing it because it's such a hail mary. Um, but we just none of us had him. We had Hagen. I had Hagen Henderson. Um, Steve, did you have Hagen as well? Yep. And then you have Dominic Solana. I had Hagen. Uh, oh. Steve had Dominic, not Hagen. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Well, okay, that's good. <laughs> But <laughs> good job, Steve. Anyway, though, but yeah, Hagen just didn't have a great day, especially starting out deadlift. Missing that first attempt deadlift, like, was really rough for him. Did he miss it just on strength? Did he drop it? Like, I don't remember. It was the just opening a... deadlift was uh, soft. It was the the ramping. Yeah, uh, was, which yeah, was impressive how easily he fixed that. I actually, I we were talking about on the live stream how like it was a pretty significant ramp on his opener, and the fact that he was able to fix that was a good uh, technical adjustment on the fly. Very... I feel like we talked about it in the previous show, like how he ramps and how he worried about it. Yeah. We also <laughs> talked about what I think kind of got to him too, is the fact that I think he gets a lot out of the whip on pound plates. Cause all of mm. the really, really big squats we saw was on pound plates. And I think he doesn't, because of the way he squats and kind of dive bombs, he doesn't get that in kilos and it, it more just kind of like shoves him down even more. And I think that's really kind of what, um, happened there. I know he trains on kilos sometimes, but he's someone that I think he, he needs to train on kilos more often to so that kind of transfer effect because there, there's definitely a difference when he squats on pound plates versus kilos. Agreed. That would explain him getting one out of three squats. Yep. It was a tough beat for him. I know he was disappointed in that, and you know he's young. He can still build into it, but just a tough meet. It was, uh, I think, all three lifts, you saw something there that could be improved upon, and... Um, there's something to work on for him, but I think potential wise, I still am really like, I would, I picked him because of potential. Like I, I see a lot that Hagen can do and he's got a lot of opportunities to prove how great of a lifter he is, but Matt Gary and Michael Astrologo's corner really seemed to help there. Just a great battle. Yeah, honestly, if I, if I had known that I may have uh, picked Michael, I mean, simply because of that, that that's a cheat code sometimes. Yeah. Perfectly called attempts. Like, things were just looking uh, really good for Michael the entire day. I was going to say, how helpful is that when you actually put attempts in the bar you can hit? Go through nice. by Incredibly, yeah. It's, uh, it's, and, not pick up, and not pick openers that you think are putting you in first place. 
it happened in the 75 kilo weight class too, which is oh so perfect, right? Like, well, we knew it was gonna happen. Yeah, we're gonna see some, we're gonna see some fuck shit out of that, uh, out of that weight class for sure. Um, but now on to the big boys, the actual, uh, <laughs> the, the actual adults competing. Uh, <laughs> I like doing that to 75 kilo lifters. Uh, and also Dominic Melvin. I mean, I think it also as good as advertised. The diesels. Strong, he's a big, angry, heavy hitter. I think we could see him on this stage for a while. I think I think there's some toying. I uh, there's some to. I, I could be totally wrong on this. A pow- doing powerlifting America, like some like this weight class is, like this is the USAPL weight class. Like because these guys, all these yeah, guys, imagine, I mean, this is- imagine all these guys having to go against Jesus. Yeah. What the fuck? It's not even it's not fair. None of it's fair. So, like, them being at this weight class, like, it makes the most sense. This These weight classes are for the USAPL. Like, this is why, this is worth the USAPL to market. Like, you're a bigger dude in 125, 140, we got a weight class for you. Because you don't have to be out-kiloed on body weight by, like, 10. Going oh, against, wait. yeah, going against Jesus or I- something. I figured he's not going to go anywhere because he specifically. I mean, I think we'll see this more often. Is he switched from USPA to USAPL because yeah, because it's, it's probably one of those things. Like, I do USPA because like, why would you do USAPL back when Ray and Jesus were in this and lose by like two hundred kilos because you're uh, not a ginormous human being? Oh, well, they I mean, are. Dominic is huge, <laughs> but are. he's not. <laughs> That's he's crazy. Not thing. Yeah. Four hundred pounds. They're they're ginormous human beings. But when you see them walk next to Jesus, like if you're ever out with Jesus, like you just see him walk into a place, everyone's like, "Holy shit, look at that guy, He's fucking massive." And these guys probably get the same looks, but it's just it's it's a different level of things. I think Hagen potentially a I think there was some talks of uh, Pablo Oliveras and him with juniors. I it can't happen right now, obviously, because junior nationals for Power of the Americas like tomorrow or something i don't know it's soon and um uh hagen is a junior so he could he can go up to super heavies like it makes sense like cutting down i think he would have to cut down to 140 but all the other guys like dominic melvin and my cholesterol go this is the weight class for him so we could see these guys for a long time and i love this weight class too i just like that it exists yeah i mean the fact is this weight class was totaled more than the 140 plus like this 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 was kind of a, a better weight class in the sense of competitiveness yeah anything else to add before we go on to the supers all right well talk about 140 plus you had a battle there too so it wasn't i yeah. did i mean i think we did peg it i don't think it was we pegged it as an easy win for uh josh coming into it but josh and lorenzo were battling the entire day and josh was able to pull it out um also hit lifts they were executing it was a bit of an interesting situation because again josh when you look at a massive dude just imposing human being and he's got the long hair the long luscious hair to go along with it but he again he doesn't have like the typical super heavy build so no, i i actually Godzi had him like he had like the easy win but not I actually wonder if he went up a weight class because of seeing where he placed in the 140s because he's actually he only weighed 144. Yeah, uh, a four kilo four kilo cut for a 144 isn't tough. It's just that like, like 
he would have gotten third at 140s. So it probably was just warranted him better to go up. But yeah, it was super close battle. The big thing was Lorenzo had a great meet, 12 and a half kilo PR mm-hmm. over what he did at the Arnold, where Josh, his squat was a little off. I think it's been a little off in training too. I don't know if there was something that happened, but he's he's about 10 kilos off of his best squat or even 12 and a half kilos off his best squat. That's kind of what made it a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. You yeah, can you're tell. right. He's... You can tell immediately, Solana. Oh, yeah, so you could, uh, he was exactly 12 and a half kilos less than his last meet. So that squat was not what I thought it would be, um, but it was still a big battle. Also, we all put Connor Wilmas for third and Caleb beat him by a good amount. Yeah. Connor could have gotten third if he didn't take some, what, what were some, these jumps? He took some, I only way I could describe it as 35 con- kilos from his second to his third attempt squat. I can only describe these as Connor Wilmus jumps because if you watch Connor <laughs> Wilmus, it's like, okay, this guy's just like, he's just lifting. Or at least that's what I think. I don't know. Because like, it's, it's like one of the stereotype things. Okay. What singlet are they wearing? What equipment are they wearing? How are they taking their attempts? So you're just naked knees squatting, like some off-brand like singlet. It's like this guy's just a, and the kind of a lumberjack looking dude, and like this dude's just a lifter. His technique is like very strongman esque. It was he had inter- yeah, and also just interesting technique on everything too. So like I'm watching his lifts. I'm like okay, like maybe his first time at USAPL Nationals. Um, and yeah, like also just, just no information, right? On Connor, pretty much none. Um, it was the second meet ever, so Exa- that would make oh, sense. exactly. Yeah, that's exactly how I dressed my second <laughs> meet wrestling singlet, no sleeves, no wrist wraps. I was wearing a soccer jersey under my singlet, like, I did not know what's going on. Like, I don't know what you wear for powerlifting meets, so yeah, <laughs> he's total way less than last meet so hopefully he just like gets a coach and like they can have a great life together <laughs> and caleb had like a 35 kilo pr so it's partially some odd attempt selection on connor's part partially caleb making some fantastic progress to get that third spot yeah so yeah and i think all top three went nine for nine and again we love to see that i don't think connor did did he oh no caleb caleb uh, well, was in top three yeah my bad caleb i yeah, I don't uh, recall. Um, Caleb's nine for nine. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that is fantastic. Uh, Lo- yeah, Lorenzo. He actually also t- targeted some weak points as well because we were a little iffy on his lockout, and he seemed to really nail down his lockout there. I mean, and also on Josh's end, like going to one forty plus the super heavies to go and do this. He's still in a battle. He still gets to fight, you know. And it's, it's, it's still good. Like, also just imagine how boring that weight class would be with just Lorenzo. Right? Like, that's actually good that he kind of filled that weight class out. So I'm happy Leflar Bros teammate. Another jewelry, little medal dropped in there as well. We had a lot of uh, medals this week, which is fantastic. Anything else to add with the Supers? No. No. All right. Well, that was in your prime time. Uh, We can do that. I'm actually thinking about doing it at the start of next episode. Okay. Because the because junior prime time for females, there wasn't a whole lot, but we had a terrific battle for male. And also, I think it'll be just. I don't even know at this point. I don't even know if it's going to be a shorter episode. Who knows? Uh, we didn't have, we don't have like an equivalent of 82 and a half kilos for the female side as far as like talking points go and that stuff. So we'll save junior prime time for next episode. We'll have the females for next episode. It was mega nationals. It was more weight classes than IPF world. So 
you're going to get two episodes on that. Both probably release at the same day, so you can watch them or listen to them back-to-back and also watch them. That'll do it for Two White Lights. We'll see you guys soon. Peace.